This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win... Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that is not necessarily against fox hunting. For the second week in a row, Chelsea made light work of what looked like a potentially tough match. For the second week in a row, Chelsea could have been more clinical and given us fewer palpitations. For the second week in a row, Morata scores from a superb header. In a week of seconds... It is curious to note that Chelsea's win away at Leicester is their first away win in September for four seasons. But rumours of our demise have been somewhat premature as we chalked up our third win in four games to elevate us to third in the table, only one point behind Man City and Man United. Something tells me that if it were not for a certain song, Chelsea supporters would have had a lot to smile about today. I am Stanford Chidge, and the name of tonight's show is Fox Hunting. Indeed it is. And it is show number 396. We are rapidly approaching the 400. We'll soon beat Brian Lara, won't we, JK? Yeah, that'd be great, wouldn't it? Yeah. We'll just keep on going. Yeah. Then. It'll be show number 500. Who will we beat then? I know. Oh, God, I'll be... I'll be... We'll be dead by then, you know, in need of retirement. Over. I'll take the show over yeah. when you die. I'll bequeath it to you in my will, Jonathan. I'd like that very much, thank you. Yeah, you say that now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, could, you've I already heard me. Well Sorry, Jonathan. You, never oh, as well bless as you. you. I, did, I, wasn't, I wasn't teeing you up necessarily for that, but I appreciate it anyway. Anyway, you lot out there have already heard from me. From me. You, we've also realised that we've got Jonathan Kidd in the house, as we <laughs> always do. Hello, Jonathan. How are you? Great to be here. I got rained on today, but that was kind of inevitable given the uh, was strangeness really. of the weather. So, uh, Give, given yeah. the stuff that comes out of the sky. Yeah, but no, very good. Thanks very much. Very happy we won. So uh, good. Lovely. I love it when we win. I'm a bouncy man when we win. I hate the fact yeah. that football has that effect upon me. Well, Chelsea do, but they do. So yes, 
We're the best, the best supporters in the land when we win. Uh, Dan, who is Dan, is who is one of the best supporters I know at Chelsea, and it's. I mean, he he blew us out. He uh, he had better things to do the other week, and I missed him. I missed him. It feels like I haven't spoken to you for ages, mate. I know it's, it's a bit like Eden Hazard. It's my first appearance of the season, and it's great to be back. Well, it's good. To, it's good to have yeah. you back, mate. It'll be even better to see you in the cock for uh, a beer or two tomorrow night. Cause I'm looking forward to Definitely. that. More of that later. Um, now, last but by no means least, we've got the. Uh, he will giggle when I tell him this because I'll, I'll lay money on the fact that he didn't listen to last week's show. But if he had, he would have heard me refer to him as my boss. I don't refer to many <laughs> people as my boss, Oliver. But you got the plaudit last week. What can I say? Well, you're my first ever employee, so that makes me uh, makes me very happy indeed. <laughs> you poor bloke, you have nothing but my sympathy. <laughs> uh, yes, no, no, I, I, it's it's always a, a pleasure um, speaking to my employees. It's great, it's great. How are you? Well, there you go. <laughs> It's called Outreach. We're doing a bit of a 360 tonight rather than a one-to-one, but it's all good. No, I mean, it's great to have Oliver on. Of course, if you don't know, if you've forgotten, Oliver has been on the show before. And Oliver, of course, is the uh, correspondent, the Chelsea correspondent of London, And uh, it is to him that I send my uh, little pithy articles once a week. Uh, good to see the safe standing one got a bit of uh, traction this week, wasn't it, mate? Yeah, it was. It's a, you know, it's a really important issue. And I think there's a lot of people... Um, you know, if they've seen what's happened at Celtic, the way that that has really taken off up there, you know, I think that's something that people are, are quite keen to get behind as well. And I know a lot of fans really mm. sort of backed what you were saying, Chidge. And, and uh, it will be interesting to see what happens in the Premier League over the next sort of few years or so over safe standing and whether it does come in. Yeah, a bit of a bit of a turning point I feel with what I was kind of writing about. Mm. Um, now, anyway, you lot out there, if you if you you know kind of realise that I'm sucking up to Ollie and being much more nice to him than the other two, you now know why. Of course, so there you go. I am not stupid. I may be many things, but stupid I ain't. Now, uh, on with the show uh, tonight. Uh, we will be applauding another another good win. It's just so good when we win. I love it. And uh, we'll be wondering if someone is about to get a hiding. And I wonder if that might actually be Arsenal next weekend. Let's hope so. Uh, in part two, uh, we're going to be talking Bakayoko, Fabregas, Morata, Kante. And we're going to wonder whether Rudiger's impressive start at Chelsea might make it hard for Cahill to get his place back. Hmm, so, so much to ponder this week. Now, in part three, uh, we look forward to uh, the return of Champions League football tomorrow night uh, at Stamford Bridge against the new boys... Karabag, who are from Azerbaijan. I mean, I, I would struggle to even find out where that is on the map, to be honest, but there you go. Now, uh, sadly, oh dear, we need to pass comment on the furore about the Maratta song, which has put the supporters in the dock again. Uh, we will try to be reasoned about it. We will try. Anyway, in part four, uh, to wrap up, we, I mean, this is, I, I've read them, of course. I've had the benefit of reading this before I put the script together, but we've got some absolutely superb emails, and they will be read as ever. By the mellifluous Jonathan Kidd. Oh, Chidge, so how you go. gorgeous of you to call me that. Well, I know, darling, it's all, it's, it's all part of the price that I charge you. Uh, anyway, don't forget, you can listen to the show live every Monday at 7 o'clock. Uh, apart from when we're not on Monday and we do it on a Tuesday, thanks to the bloody Premier League changing fixtures like Watford, early shout, Watford. Uh, but anyway, all you need to do uh, to listen to it live at 7 o'clock on a Monday is go to Mixler, which is mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea hyphen fancast. 
And of course, if you do, you will join at the moment. Well, there's hundreds of people in there tonight. Loads of people. Shall I read a few out? We've got Aurora. Or, or, I'll try. Why is it that when I do that, I always pick on the one that I can't pronounce? <laughs> Aurelius, 13. Ashley Brain, the lovely Mark Barfoot, one of my favourite Chelsea people. Chance07, who says, glad to be listening live for a change. Excellent. Uh, we've got Praj in there. We love Praj. He's a regular. Mike Ferry, of course, who wrote a blog the other week. If she don't come... Andy Silverman, the lovely Andy Silverman. So there's loads of you in there. Nikki Kulduff, F. Mary Kill, Bonnie Rig Blues are all in there. I hope that Clitheroe Blue or a Blue Up North is in there tonight because he's been writing us some really nice blogs for the last week or so. Keep them coming. We're loving them. Right, uh, after this very short uh, break, we are going to get on with the football. See you in a sec. Really, in this part, just kind of generally talk about uh, the the Leicester game, of course. And uh, uh, as I said, as I said earlier, I was really surprised. I can't. I think I might have heard it on Match of the Day or something bizarre. Um, but they were saying it was the first time that we that we've won away in September for four seasons, which really quite shocked me, to be honest. But there you go. Bottom line is, quick summary. I think we tore them apart in the first half. If it hadn't have been for Wes Morgan, we'd have scored a hatful, Jonathan. I believe. I don't quite agree with you, Chich. Um, I, I thought think, we tore them uh, apart in the first half. I think half. it was. Come yeah, on, we, I thought we were very good. I thought we were very, very good. Other than that ridiculous moment when um, uh, Kante refused to shoot and got uh, tackled, and they all ran down the pitch, and uh, was two against one, and Mares um, put in um, what's his face. Uh, Should have done uh, better, Slimani. shouldn't he? Yeah, and uh, Slimani, and uh, it was a great save from. Uh, from uh, Tebow, who'd had nothing to do for the rest of it, the rest of the game, practically for the for the for the first half, but and then we went up the other end and scored. But um, I thought it was, uh, I think we're a very good side, Chidge, and uh, I, I I have moments of just thinking it's becoming more and more like Conti's side, um, but yeah. Conti's team rather than being people that he's picked up. And I think Bakayoko is very important to it, and he actually. Uh, um, he's a very different player from Matic because he's so much further forward and um, so much more antagonistic than Matic ever was. And you can see why he let Matic go. He's a very different player. Uh, and I think the team will evolve. I have to say, I thought, you haven't mentioned them in the, in the beginning, I thought Alonso and Moses were both great. The number of crosses that Alonso gets in is non-stop. He is so athletic. He's, come, he's really unsung. I think he's becoming more and more... Uh, um, uh, referred to as being one of the best um, um, uh, left backs in the in the division in the Premier League. I'm falling in love with him, mate. I'm falling. Yeah, it's not no, just because he's got kind of wham hair. I'm, no, I yeah, love he's not, not just love that him. he's wake me up um, uh, before yeah. you go go. But uh, no, I thought, and I thought Moses once he came into the game was great. And, and uh, I was really getting into Louise. I was watching Louise just deliver these brilliant passes, these long forty-yard passes. He's he, and he's the very fact that he doesn't. He, he's so disciplined, Louise, in a way that he never was before. Um, I, I just well, it was a, it, it was very impressive. Except um, 
Uh, it sort of evened out a bit because uh, uh, Vardy, although b- being a nasty little shit, is actually a very good player, and uh, <laughs> and we, uh, we we succeeded in stopping stopping him. But you're absolutely right. Wes Morgan um, prevented uh, Morata from scoring on on several occasions. Also, I think Morata is a class act, really class act. Um, just needs to get his act together a bit more with uh, being slightly quicker, but a bit more accurate with his shots. But um, uh, Morgan was was having to to play out of his skin and then lo and behold he scores a wonderful header it was a wonderful goal when Dave once again mm. the provider now I I, I, uh, I felt it was it was it was sort of 60-40 first half with them you know it was a bit everybody having a go but uh, um, but then we just scored the goal and uh, uh, you know it was sort of inevitable really I didn't think we were going to lose so no, it doesn't. Um, Dan, Dan, just to turn to you for a second. I mean, you know, it, it did change, as Jonathan said, actually. And I mean, I, and actually, to be fair to Jonathan, I think he makes a very valid point because even in the first half, which I thought we we were much better than them, um, but they were always a threat on the break. And uh, you know, Tebow made a great uh, poured. I love a poured save. Yeah. But he made a great poured slave from Slimani, didn't he? I was superb because right in my eyelids, I was at the game, and after he gave himself like a fist bump because it really was a fantastic save. I mean, the speed they broke was phenomenal. I think I think Mara's probably paid the wrong ball. He should have paid Vardy, and they would have scored. But it was a great save. And then mm. two minutes later, we get down the other end, and Murata does what he does best, just playing you know between the lines of defenders, and fantastic head. I think somebody on Twitter said it was Osgood esque his header. Mm. It was. Mm. It was. I, was. Like, yeah. I actually like said a, a few weeks ago. He reminds me of Osgood of having that memory. He's got it. There's a an ability to see runs exactly the same as Osgood. It's uh, it's a little bit tearful. I get a bit tearful watching it actually because he's. Well, you, uh, you go and have a weep. You go and have a little weep, and I'll, I'll talk <laughs> and to you. And then I'll carry on. The other, sorry, sorry, I've interrupted. Because, I apologise. No, sorry. no, that's all right. It's, 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 it is. You know, it's, it, it, we, we live in a, a, an open democracy on this show. It's not a chidocracy, much as I would like it to be. I, I accept that time has been drawn. Yes. Anyway, um, Ollie. I mean, you know, there, there, there's a good point there, isn't there? Because I mean, I did feel that. You know, we did limp over the line a bit because, you know, Vardy got that penalty, which we'll discuss later. Um, but I think overall, you know, it was a much more comfortable win than the 2-1 suggested. But, uh, you know, Conte made the, the criticism against Everton that we weren't clinical enough. And I think you could probably say the same here, given the number of chances that we really had. Yeah, especially towards the end as well. Uh, you know, I remember that the Willian chance right at the end. It looked like he'd curled it into the bottom corner and it just missed. It's little things like that where they just need to go and... And, and kill off games like they did last season, you know, when they got ahead mm. and they, you know, managed to get themselves uh, into a great position. They really go and, and finish teams off. Um, but, you know, we come back to it. You remember last season, you know, all these little one nil wins, two one wins. Those are the sort of wins that make you champions at the end of the day. And to, uh, and, you know, and Murata, going back to Murata, I just thought, because at first I thought he was getting a little bit bullied at times by Harry Maguire. He seemed to be in a bit of a tussle, but he just showed that class of finding that little bit of space and, Aspilicueta again with the wonderful ball over to him to finish. And, uh, yeah, you know, you could say he limped over the line, but Leicester, even though they looked dangerous at times, they never really threatened. And, and Chelsea, they were really the, the architects of their own downfall with their goal because, you know, it was a pretty poor back pass by Aspi and then obviously Courtois digging in. So, uh, yeah, limped over the line maybe, but I think it, it should have been it should have been 3 or 4-1, probably more, I'd say. Oh right, okay. Well, I mean, well, I, I agree entirely. Sorry, I had a very weird message from Dan, but uh, Dan will return with us shortly. He's had to nip out for a sec, but uh, <laughs> kind of threw me. But thank you, Ollie, for that. Um, <laughs> jo- right. Jonathan, I just 
just just want to just want to pick it up really because I mean you know pick, picking up from what I was saying and what what Ollie's just been saying you know we're creating a lot of chances and I think you know even if we're not burying teams and, and perhaps not finishing off like we should you know that there's I have a real sense that you know we are on the we've said this many times on this show down the years haven't we Jonathan but we're on the cusp I think of giving somebody a right rogering and I and it just it, it couldn't you know Arsenal next Sunday it, it it it's it's kind of building up for that for me because they're in a they're in a horrendous kind of track at the moment I th- I mean I know they beat Bournemouth three 0 yesterday but they're always been flat track bullies but I've got a suspicion that we're about to give somebody a real duffing Jonathan do you get that sense Yeah and it may be tomorrow night as well actually depending on what team he chooses and how he goes about it he'll have done his research obviously into into them into into Carabag. But uh, yeah, no, I, and the the it'll be interesting to find out the number of uh, uh, the number of shots we had because there was that fantastic shot that Moses had at the end of the first half as well, um, as well as the uh, the William one. There were the shots just seemed to cannon in, you know. I mean, there were really we're really attacking. It's a, a very attacking side, but also with a, with a terrific defence. So um, uh, yeah, it would be great, wouldn't it, if it was uh, if it was the Gooners that felt the uh, the um, felt our wrath. Um, mm. We scored about five or six again. That'd be fantastic. Can I just um, say to you as well? Lovely, I think, wouldn't it? I yeah. think at the weekend as well. What, what was nice about the formation is he's just going on what J.K. said. There, the, the balance of the team looks so good with with Bakayoko and and Kante and then Fabregas as well. The balance. If they if they if he plays that formation, you know, more often than not, and you've got Hazard back as well. There's a that's a real dangerous team there as well, and and, and the balance of the side just looks so good, uh, especially in the second half. I thought. It was interesting looking at the bench as well, actually. Yeah, I mean, that, was, that was top top bench. Blimey, God! Yeah, absolutely. Compared to compared there. to the Burnley game, first game of the season, yes, that bench yes. is completely worlds apart. Um, and you know they're not oh. going to have the benefit of bringing off Hazard off the bench because I'm sure he'll be starting most of the games. But no, yeah. you're absolutely yeah. right. I thought I looked at the bench and thought, wow, this is a this is a there's no crisis there. That's for sure. No, no, but it was the kind of proper bench. You think this is a proper bench for a, a, a proper top team. Um, yeah. And I think I think the dilemma was that because of the because of the dreadful bench, there were so many people who were saying that we'd had a terrible um, uh, transfer window, oh. uh, and uh, and in fact some of them were just coming back from I mean, even um, Bakayaka was coming back from injury, wasn't he? So he didn't get in. But um, no, it was um, it, it was you you suddenly think actually that they they actually I, I think they bought really well in the in the transfer window. If you look at the the uh, um, you look at the stand. I mean, Rudiger's clearly a, a top banana. I mean, it makes sense because he's the German centre half, for God's sake. But but nobody was saying very complimentary things about his purchase. Um, mm. And uh, but I, I really I really like Bakayako because it it gives them a different energy. Um, yeah. In a way, as I said, that Matic was you know we like Matic particularly the the, the season when he was brought back from Benfica when he was outstanding. But he doesn't have that aggression that Bakayoko clearly has and uh, um, and it, it, it's it's formidable there were formidable moments for me with him and Kante together and and as you say with uh, the skill of Fabregas I thought it was mm. uh, it's different from last season it's a different way of mm. it's there's it's it, they're pushing more pushing further forward and and as I say no, I, I found 
I found Alonso just constantly pinging the ball in all the time. It was just great. And with Moses. And I, we, we it's just really, it's really, they really come up, those two, those two players. Sorry, it's really beginning to shape up, mate, isn't it? Really yeah, beginning yeah. to shape yeah. up. And I think yeah. I love your point about the fact that it's, it's, it's beginning to look like a Conte team. We're going to hold it there for a second. Because I, I, I know we're so keen to talk about Bakayoko. And I'm, I'm, I've pushed him into the part two. And I really do want to do him some justice properly. Yeah, yeah, uh, but sure. before we do that, I've kind of shoved things up a bit because we've got a lot to talk about tonight and the first thing i'd like to do is give, give a couple of plugs actually the first is to the lovely alan gavaran who uh who who, who may be in here he's um uh, osgood uh, signed my broken leg or something in in mixler but uh, he's uh, doing good things for a, a fantastic charity which basically uh, is called q or down to earth or at qsa and they tackle uh, funeral poverty and he's going to be doing um, the Capital Ring. He's going to be walking the Capital Ring to raise money for them. And it, it, it's definitely London-based, Jonathan. We were a bit unsure last week, but we kind of figured yeah, out. Yeah, no, I was, uh, I was very foolishly quick. saying it was the Capital in America. What a fool I was. It's I know, it's all right. We forgive you. Oh, sorry. <laughs> bottom, line is, bottom line is you go to justgiving.com uh, forward slash fundraising forward slash Alan hyphen Gavarin, which is G-A-V-U-R-I-N. To donate or just watch our Twitter feed. We we, we you know we retweet his uh, tweets from at Rootless Cosmo. So please help him if you can. Now uh, those of you, the eagle-eyed amongst you, and those that were listening last ne- last week, will realise that uh, we have. Uh, uh, there we go. Alan's here. He says I'm here. Thanks, Chidge. Aussie signed my broken leg. Um, yeah. Anyway, the eagle-eyed amongst you and those who were listening last week will realise that we have joined something which we which is called Patreon. And I put something on Facebook saying, I thought it was quite funny actually, saying, well, we've been patronising you for 10 years, so it's time for you to patronise us, which I thought was quite funny, but I think it went over most people's heads. Uh, but basically, it's a, it's a vehicle uh, by which um, our most uh, loyal listeners, those who, who love what we do, uh, can give a little bit, of, little bit back, really. So they kind of basically subscribe and they, and they pay a very small monthly amount. You can pay whatever you want, you know. There's no stipulation on that. Um and uh, I just thought it would be a good idea to join that. It's based in the States. Um, but, uh, you know, ultimately, hopefully, what it'll do, if we build up enough of a kind of a, you know, a community in there, um, I'll start thinking about giving you lots of access to some other things that your regular listeners might not get. Now, I'm not trying to, like, you know, divide and rule and all the rest of it because we'll, you know, we'll still be always doing the Chelsea Fancast on a Monday night for, for two hours for absolutely free. But, I mean, many people have offered to buy us beers in the past and all that, and some just don't get the opportunity to do that and say thank you or we enjoy what you do or whatever. Um, So it's really, as I said, it's more of a kind of a concrete way for you to show your support and it enables us to cover the cost of running two shows a week now because, of course, don't forget we've got the Kerry Dixon show. Um, So there we go. All you have to do, no pressure at all, of course, uh, is to go go to www.patreon.com dot com forward slash chelsea fancast and i would like to say a massive thank you and shout out to the lovely luke hatherley ramsey shamas david fusco johnny nohat and i I believe that is his real name johnny nohat and andrew whelan all of whom have uh have uh have signed up to patreon it's very very nice of you and and last but by no means least uh it would be very remiss of me as i have my boss on the show to not mention (laughs) the fact that i do a weekly blog for football.london um oliver i i you know modesty forbids me to say anything about that so i'm gonna dump you in the shit and talk about that one <laughs> well no it's great to have you know uh 
to you for you have you writing them because it gives a real fan's perspective as well from from the real issues that are going on and and being talked about obviously i i try and cover chelsea as much as i can from a journalistic point of view as well but to have you know yourself uh you know chairman of supporters trust and and obviously the fan cast and stuff really giving us an, an extra bit of insight is great to it's great to have for us on our website and uh you know as as we said about the safe standing fans have really really liked what you're writing chidge without uh Trying to smoke, smoke, uh, uh, blow a bit of smoke oh, up. Checks in, uh, checks in the post, Ollie. Don't worry. <laughs> Absolutely, but no, it is great to have uh, a, a different. It's always nice to have a different view on on a, a website as well, and, and people are really uh, loving what you're writing. Well, that's really nice to hear. Thank you. I mean, Ollie does a great job actually covering Chelsea, and I mean, you know, it's a really good source of news and what's going on. He's at all the press conferences, as we will hear later. And actually, what I should say is thank you to him because I get a great opportunity to do. What I really like to do, which is to kind of find a slightly different angle on things, different subject matter, not what everybody else is writing about. And it's really, I'm very grateful for that opportunity. So thank you to football.london. Now, after the, oh no, before I go very quickly, I've just seen somebody in Mixler who I love like a brother. His name is Felix Verin or at Katsky1, and I haven't seen him in in Mixler for ages, but uh, he's based out near San Diego. And I had the absolute pleasure and privilege of meeting Felix. Um in Lucky Baldwin's in Pasadena in 2009, and we, we had a beer or three together before we went to see Chelsea play Inter Milan. So how about that? That's kind of what I'm talking about at Patreon. It, it, there's, a, there's a whole community here, and I love it. Anyway, after the break, uh, we're going to be talking Bakayoko and keeping Jonathan very happy by doing so. Uh, Fabregas, Morata, Kante, and we're going to wonder, I think this is the important thing, we're going to wonder whether Rudiger's impressive start at Chelsea might actually make it hard for Gary Cahill, the current captain of Chelsea, it should be said, to get his place back. We'll be back in a sec. The only place for Chelsea fans. Footballfancast.com Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy and you're listening to Chidge and the boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Right, welcome back. I'm Stanford Chidge, and you're listening to the Chelsea Fan Cast. And uh, tonight I have with me, as ever, the wonderful uh, Jonathan Kidd. Hello. Always good to have his nutty tones in the house. Uh, we've got the revered and respected Ollie Harbord, who writes for Football London on Chelsea. Hello, Ollie. Hello. How are you? I'm good, mate. I'm I'm really looking forward to this show because we've got lots to talk about. Now, we do have Dan Silver with us, but Dan has had to temporarily nip out uh, with a bit of a family uh, emergency. So hopefully he'll be back with us, But uh, uh, which is a shame because we missed Dan the last time he was scheduled to be on. I'd be hate, hate to lose him again, but there you go. Uh, he's he's, let me know he's when done he's, some when he's fabulous back. tweeting recently. He's, it's worth following anybody who isn't, doesn't follow Dan. You should follow him. He's very perceptive about Chelsea and... Uh, it's very good with the 140 uh, um, um, characters that you use on Twitter. He's very to the point. It's, um, it's, it's, he's worth a follow. Dan Dan Dan, he is, isn't he? At, well, it's at, it's at Dan, at Dan, at Dan, Dan, Dan Silves, Silver. S-I-L-V-S 73. Yes. Dan is yes. also one of my, you know, major partners in crime. I mean, Dan and I basically always meet at the store 
and always meet for a beer before and afterwards. So he's definitely one of uh, my my big match day buddies, which is why he's on the show. Really, it's all pretty simple. It ain't rocket science on the Chelsea fancast, that is for sure. Now, uh, moving on with the football, I know. I mean, Jonathan's been absolutely. I mean, he's been doing it in the first part. He's so desperate, is he, to talk about Bakayoko? But I, I, I thought, you know, I thought, I thought the interesting thing at the start of the game. Because um, I was talking to Kerry about about it on uh, on last week, Kerry Dixon show was, you know, being difficult to kind of second guess what might go on. Uh, but uh, Bakayoko next to Kante is how he started it, and he pushed uh, Fabregas forward, which is kind of something that I would embrace uh, in in a sense. And I just kind of wondered, really, Jonathan, give you first bash on it, as it were. You know, is this one for the future? Because I mean, Bakayoko, as you said, I mean he. He, unlike Matic, he looks to go forward uh, at pace and with. I mean, do you know what? This is a weird thing to say, so don't shoot me down in flames, peeps. But you know, all this hype about Paul Pogba. Um, you know, I reckon Bakayoko is as good as him, if not better, mate. That the, the energy he goes forward with, and he's a he's a beast, isn't he? He tackles uh, really aggressively. He really goes for it, and there's a there's a. Um, Kante is there's a subtlety about his tackling. He kind of nips it off with his toe, doesn't he? Whereas Bakayoko, you know, you've been been tackled by him, which is what Matic didn't do. Uh, I know, and my, my as I said to you before, I know we were all dreadful in the cup final, but I thought the fact that uh, Matic didn't actually make a single tackle and just looked so completely off the pace it was almost as if he thought, well, I don't want to play, I don't want to have you in my team anymore. Um, and uh, I think he obviously, as we discussed, wanted to flog him to Europe. But um, whether uh, uh, Abramovich came in and said, well, no, all right, go to wherever you want to go, or perhaps United were the only people to offer to offer um, uh, the 40 million. So he ended up at United. But I don't think, uh, I think we've made a huge um, upgrade on Matic here. Uh, a much younger player who's, uh, and, and as you've said, it allows Fabregas to be much further forward. And some of the passes Fabregas was delivering were absolutely beautiful. There was a wonderful pass to Moses in the first half that just completely split the defence. And you thought, well, um, it, it's it's allowing him to be his creative best. And he's not having to do much tackling Fabregas because he's got the two tacklers behind him doing it all for him. So uh, I thought, I, I thought, um, you yeah. know, sorry, mate. Yeah. No, I just no, thought you, pick it up on yeah, yeah, I just picked, picking up on Fabregas actually, because I, yeah. you know, I thought, I thought uh, you're right actually. I, I, I purred, I purred with satisfaction because, of course, I didn't, I couldn't watch the game live, so I had to catch it up on all the highlights, malarkey, annoyingly. But, um, you know, that pass that Fabregas did to uh, Morata, that ball Morata, over yeah, the top yeah. where he couldn't quite get his feet uh, round it. But you see that, that I, I know I've been really critical of Fabregas in the past, but when you've got a striker like Morata. This is what we've been talking about on the show this season, that he is the kind of striker who will feed off balls by people like Fabregas and Hazard. But here's the real issue, though, chaps, and I'm going to bring Ollie in on this one. Um, I mean, you know, forget the awful corners that Fabregas did. It does happen. Oh, God, they were terrible but, again. Oh, God. But if, <laughs> if, um, if, if Bakayoko... Uh, you know, because remember, you know, Matic used to start a lot with, with Kante last season... I'm just wondering whether Bakayoko might well be playing next to Kante this season. And I wonder, when Hazard returns, which is imminent, whether Fabregas might yet again find himself on the bench, Ollie. Yeah, I mean, we have to remember as well that part of 
a little bit of part of Fabregas's negotiations over the summer was that he was going to his promise to be played a little bit more. Obviously, with the Champions League this year as well, we might mm. see him quite a bit more. I, I think. I think Conte will definitely take it game by game. He talks about that quite a lot. And I think we'll see, you know, for the big games, the big away games, I think you'll see the likes of Bakayoko and Kante playing together, probably Fabregas on the bench and using the likes of Hazard and Pedro and Willian to really catch teams on the break. Um, against the teams where they're expected to play a bit more possession, you know, have the ball at home, um, you would say that Fabregas is one of those players that should should be starting because, as JK said there, you know the balls he plays through are just incredible sometimes. And and Morata, he gets behind defenders. You know he couldn't quite get his feet in in a good position to shoot the other day. Um, so I think it'll be a real game on game sort of situation. But I'd like I, I like the formation he, he played on Saturday. I thought it worked really well because that's the one thing about Bakayoko and Kante as well. If if say you know, Hazard and Pedro aren't being quite their uh, creative selves. Um, you know, Bakayoko and Kante are not known for their, uh, you know, passing and assists uh, and things like that. So you, you do need that extra bit of creativity some, sometimes. And that's what Fabregas really gives you in that in the middle of the park, playing, as JK says, a little bit further forward so he doesn't have to do quite as much of the legwork behind him as well. Which I which I totally agree with, and I, you know it's interesting, isn't it? Because remember, of course, it was it was uh, Antonio Conte who, perhaps more than anybody, uh, you know, any manager, prolonged the career of Perlo, and you know, P- P- I think I could run faster than Perlo. You know, <laughs> that's saying something. So you know, if, if it's a case of uh, you know Fabregas, uh, you know, recognizing that you know what he's not good at is running and tracking back and tackling and. Having him further forward, I think you know. Even if you can accommodate both him and Hazard, I think I think you know we've got a, a very, you know, a very attack-minded team if we do that. And you know, a little triangle of Fabregas, Hazard, and uh, and Morata, I think, could be very very exciting. Um, talking of Morata, um, Jonathan, Jonathan, yes. Jonathan, Jonathan. Yes, you know, I, I'm 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 rapidly falling in love with this guy. These Spanish boys are beginning to, you know. Make me have lots of man love, but I mean, let's let's talk about uh, his goal first. I mean, a great movement again, which is what I really love about this striker. I love strikers who who, you know, run into the channels, run into the gaps, go off the shoulder of defender, move. You know, just, and his goal was a classic example of that. He moved a couple of yards away from the defender. Defender didn't realise. Ball comes in, bang, header. And I love what you were saying about Osgood earlier on, JK. I mean, you know, I'll be honest. I never, I was too young to really see Osgood play for Chelsea, so I can't really, I can't really make that comparison. But you, of course, can. I can very much so. Um, yeah, there's a there's a, a kind of it's difficult to express, but a live athletic quality to uh, just just getting the ball at the like at the back post it was a, a, um, a, or, or just it was over over Morgan's head wasn't it but it's like nipping in it's like there's a slyness about it that you can only but admire um, and what I love about him is that he's a clearly a terrific header of the ball because that was just you know pinpoint into the corner and a much better header than Costa um, uh, Costa is so much more of a bully, and what, I think what he has to work on, Morata, as as, uh, as Ollie said earlier, is um, uh, his his not being bullied by the centre half. We've mentioned that before, but I think he's improving with that because he's got um, he's got some very silky skills. You know, I, I just think he's a he's a top player, and uh, I think we've done very well uh, to get him. Um, 
Uh, and it, obviously the fact that he's played with uh, several of the Spanish boys, you know, the, the glee with which he was greeted by Dave after he'd scored the goal in the corner when he was doing his Usain Bolt impression was just great. <laughs> um, they were, they were, uh, um, because they may have played together for Spain, you know, and, and, uh, um, he is, uh, he's, he's a top player, but yeah, there's a, there's a, a, a movement, a kind of swivelly backside movement that Osgood had that uh, difficult to express, but that he's got this, the similarity. It's just a, an ability to, to, to push into positions at speed where, where you don't expect him. And, uh, he clearly, he's clearly got that. Now I'm, I'm very impressed. He can only get better, and I think he'll score yeah. more goals with his feet as well. Well, well uh, let's hope so. I mean, Oli, he, he's already got three goals in four games now. I, I think I think he really is a class act, and I think, you know, all things being equal, and with a bit of luck, he could easily net over 20 goals a season, which is what you want. Um, it's really... I tell you what's really lovely, Oli. I mean, I know, I know that, that me and Jonathan have got a few years on you, <laughs> but it, you know, it's it's really lovely to see a number nine, a striker, come in to play for Chelsea. Felix is telling me not to jinx him or or, or, or Yaren, in fact. But uh, you know, the fact of the matter is, Jonathan and I have watched so many bloody number nines that Chelsea have bought in the past, who have either been record buys and have been absolutely rubbish, or had the yips or whatever. Torres, um, Mutu, who looked great, and then it all went pear shaped. Kesman, who. Should have oh. really been a, a, a Baldrick impersonator rather than than a footballer, and then you go back to Robert Kalu. Fleck, Kalu. you know, for, Joe. Kalu, for God's sake, what a weird. <laughs> no, I see Kalu. Kalu. Kalu wasn't a proper number nine. I think Kalu's a different a different kind all right, of all right, player all right, in that context. Um, who's the other one? Who's that 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 guy we Sutton, got from Huddersfield? Chris Sutton. Oh, Chris, Chris Sutton, another rubbishy one. Is it Joe Lee? <laughs> well, um, Who was that? Um, Joe uh, Allen. Allen. Alan. Joe Allen, thank you, thank you. Dan's back. Dan's back, back just when I needed him. You know, uh, yeah. So Dave I mean, Ollie, Ollie, the bo- Dave Mitchell. I mean, we, this is the point, Ollie. You know, Dan, me, and Jonathan can go back throughout time, citing examples of Chelsea strikers that we had high hopes for. Derek who ended Kevin. up doing nothing but disappoint. Yep, Nobody do- remember him. Doing nothing. All right, all right, all right. Enough, enough, <laughs> enough. Uh, you know. They do nothing but disappoint us, but I, I, I have a really warm feeling about Morata that he is not going to be that guy. He is really going to be, you know, I think possibly uh, for us a better striker than uh, than uh, Costa. So yeah, a different I think, one. I think it was, it was quite a, a big moment, you know, when he missed that chance against Spurs early on, which is probably the easiest header he's had all season so far, and he missed that chance and you thought, oh God, is this going to be a start of you know, maybe a few fluffs and things like that. And he just came back and he scored against Everton. He scored a wonderful goal as well on the weekend. I think for Conte as well, he looks like the sort of player who seems to be a bit of a dream to coach. You know, as you're talking about there, you know, the fact he pulls off defenders and stuff and he gets behind... He doesn't look like he needs a lot of sort of real coaching when it comes to actually being a striker, which must be very easy for Conte to do. Obviously, things like, you know, the way he wants them to play... Conte talks often about this idea of football that he has, you know, really working hard from the front and obviously his physicality, but his physicality, that's something he can bulk up. You know, there's loads of players that have, that have had to do that over their time. I think of David De Gea in goal for United, you know, when he came to the Premier League, he was told he was too light, looked like it was going to be a nightmare for them and, and look at him now. 
So it's those sort of, you know, he's the sort of player that you, you've got to think Conte really enjoys working with. And, you know, you don't want to put the yips on him too long, too much. I don't want to jinx it too much. But the fact is as well, and, and there's a lot of talk from Italy, you know, we don't know a great amount of Zappa Costa. But what we do know and what we hear is that he's a very, very good crosser of the ball. So, um, you know, if he gets his chance as well, that could be quite a deadly partnership in that sort of uh, crossing and heading uh, opportunity for Chelsea. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited by what Morata can do. Hopefully he stays fit and healthy and he he can play for the the whole season. Well, let's hope so. Let's hope so. Andy Silverman, I knew we could rely on Andy, uh, Jonathan. He did mention Dave Mitchell, uh, uh, Dan, but he's he's also given us a Gordon Davies, Dan. I liked him. I liked him. Dan, Jonathan, not you, Dan. (laughs) He got got a hat-trick at Everton, didn't he? And then you get it. Yeah, 4-3 win. We've had some some bads, right? Kazaragi, who unfortunately never really got a chance. Oh, yeah, another one. Yeah, Mm. yeah. Yeah. I think that's a bit harsh, Andy. I think the the boys boys on the panel saying you're a bit harsh. And, And actually, Andy's come back with a very good riposte. He says, I've watched Morata for four seasons... And have wanted him for four seasons. His movement and quality will shine. He will score every type of goal. Watch him flow. I think that's yeah. the perfect end to our little Morata chat. Uh, because and I want actually, to talk about. Uh, go on, Dan. Say, we forgot the two worst number nines: uh, Kylie Boulerus and Steve Sidwell. Oh yes, but I mean they they were number nine in in shirt number know, only. It has to be said, but. Uh, Yes, but anyway, moving on. Right, um, Kante. We can't pass uh, this show by without talking about Kante. Um, he, he scores the winner from 25 yards. I mean, Dan, as we haven't really heard from you for, for, for a while, is there anything that he, he can't do? I mean, I just love this he little guy. probably can't play in goal because he's too short, but I just think he's just... <laughs> Fair point. <laughs> yeah, I just think he's, he's an unbelievable player. and what, He's just so humble and so, like... I just can't, I think he's love, looks like appears like a really lovely guy, great player. I mean, he just his positional awareness, his strength, his ability, everything about him. I think Conte's improving because I think when he first came, there was some talk his passing wasn't great, but he seems to you know found a range of passing, shooting. He just he's just an absolutely fantastic player. I just I think he's potentially going to be better than Makaloli. Maybe it was going to become the Kante mm. role, not the Makaloli role, because there's mm. so much that's so good about him. Yeah, I just, I just think I, he's, I, the 32 million quid given today's transfer market. I mean, you know, they criticise our board for transfers, but that has to be an absolute yeah. steal. Because what's I thought he was less, Dan. I thought he was 20. Wasn't he no, 20? No, it's 32, wasn't he? 32 million. No, it's 30, 32. It? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's really interesting, Jonathan. Is it, Jonathan, it was really interesting because Conte, I think, was uh, lauding him today as, as the best player in the Premier League. And uh, it, 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 a bit like Makaleli in a way. I mean, because of course Makaleli came with a big reputation because he played for Real Madrid, didn't he? So we kind of knew he was a decent player. But I think Dan's got a point. You know, Kante uh, is such an understated player and and human being. It has to be said that he just kind of you know. He, he, I don't think he gets the the, the plaudits he really deserves, mate. You know what I mean? I don't think he courts it. To be honest, I just don't think he looks for it. I think he just wants to do his job, get his car, yeah, and just. Um, his mini, his mini, yeah, Jonathan. He's mini. got a mini. Is he still got a mini, or is that yeah, just still, a, no, is he still a vision has... of him that we want no, to have? No, I saw him driving around in his mini not long ago. He's still got the mini. Good, good, good. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's, and he's, he's clearly a sweet chap, and they all love him. I think the team spirit, by the way, is really excellent. Yeah. You get the impression they're yeah, still they're very yeah. fond of each other, which is mm. fantastic, you know. 
That's I think a very, the one, very the good one point. Thing about the one thing about Kante that he needs to do now is, is as JK alluded to earlier with the, with the Leicester breakaway, when he had the perfect opportunity to shoot, it's just back himself to shoot more and really get himself into those positions because he's shown against United last season, he's shown against you know Leicester at the weekend that he can score from that sort of range. And at times he tries to be too unselfish and plays little balls when maybe just just take a crack from the edge of the box. You know, what's the word? if it flies over the bar, then nobody's going to blame you for shooting from there. So I think that's probably what Conte has been trying to get him to do more. And I think that's why I reckon he'll score a few more goals this season because I think he's going to get himself into those positions and just have the confidence to back himself and really go and shoot from those sort of areas. They tend not to Absolutely. shoot from they tend not to shoot from distance, do they? They all try to yeah. get slightly closer, don't they? Yeah, and that um, can be a really frustrating thing because how many times have we seen from a shot from the edge of the box, you know, hit a defender and fly yeah. into the bottom corner and things yeah. like that? Sometimes you're just screaming, shoot the ball, instead of trying to walk it in. And that's what led to the mm, Leicester no. breakaway. And if he does that more often, then he'll definitely get a few more goals. But Listen, final point, on, final, final, final point, final point on Kante, if you don't mind. Um <laughs> I just wanted to say how lovely it was, even though, you know, for some bizarre reason, uh, you know, I could hear this on the television, but it was really lovely to hear the N'Golo Kante song, Jonathan. Yeah, wonderful. You know, N'Golo. No, it's, and it's also very complicated, so I like that. I like the complication <laughs> yeah. of it. You know, I like a decent song where somebody's worked it out and you go, that's clever. It's a clever song. Utterly original. Nobody else is going to sing that in the division. That's not going to. That's a. That's a, a, a well worked out, and a, and it's 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 not a tune that anybody else uses. So it appeals to my desire for originality. That one, and I think it's great. It's great that he's got a really specific song, and it's uh, and it's clever. I know. I'm, I'm very pleased. And there are no that. naughty. There are no naughty words in it Indeed, either. Which, uh, which in the context of what we're to, going to talk about later. later. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Listen, I've got a, I've got a couple of things just to wrap up with, uh, uh, you know, on 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 the match. We've actually got quite a lot, and we we we're nearly twenty minutes in. Um, I ought to inform you that we we have lost Dan. I'm afraid uh, Dan's got has had to, as I said, he's got a bit of a family crisis going on, and he's just texted me to send uh, uh, send us his apologies. So Dan, I'm I'm really sorry we've lost you, but understand. And good luck with it all, and let us know how it goes. Um, right, uh, a couple of things I want to talk about really before we get into the the thing about Rudiger and Cahill. Um, very quickly, Ollie on the penalties. Um, you know, my view: Vardy was cute, was always going to be given. Uh, the the Moses, you know, where Moses cut across and it was handball on the floor. No, can't see that. Uh, but I thought I thought Morata when he headed it against Harry Maguire, how that was not a penalty, I do not know. I mean, he had his bloody arms out to the ball. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they took, I mean, he might have been close to Murata, but the fact is his arms were in the most unnatural positions to try and actually stop a, stop a ball. That It was a very odd one why it wasn't given. The only reason you can think of was because he was so close, but his arms were literally sticking out in an almost Superman pose. It was, it was, it was ridiculous, really. Um, I thought the Courtois one, it was a definite penalty in my eyes. I, you know, Aspie left the ball short, Vardy nipped in and and Courtois he just didn't need to do it, really, uh, you know, going in with his feet like that. Just, you know, I don't think Vardy would have grounded him and, and scored from that area. Um, and it was just a bit of a sloppy moment from Courtois, who'd had a, a good game up until that point as well. So, yeah, I, I'd say definite penalty for that one. I wasn't convinced by the Moses one either, to be honest. It's quite difficult when no. a player's sliding along the floor. But, that, yeah, I agree. How that Maguire one wasn't given, I've, I've no idea. I think you can okay. understand. You can understand. Sorry, mate. Go on, go on, go on. And he goes, so you can understand why the referee didn't give it because, as you you said, Ollie, it was he was mm. so close. 
It was yeah. close, and they tend they in another aspect of them trying to be consistent. I've noticed this year that if the ball hits a player on the hand really close up to the to the uh, to the where the ball was kicked or headed against them, the referees tend not to give it. But I do agree with you completely that the ludicrous position of Maguire's mm. hand and the fact that the ball was then prevented from going across the goal, uh, to me, it was a definite penalty. And yeah. uh, the referee was so close, God knows why he didn't give it. <laughs> but um, but the, 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 the Vardy, but the business with, with uh, Thibaut is Thibaut's got history of mm. somehow seeing a ball and going for it and then being clumsy. And it's just something he's got to work on because he's, he's been sent off before doing that. He's just mm. somehow, I, he's never quite quick enough. And also, but Vardy is, uh, I like the fact you said cute, Chich, because he is cute. Any opportunity and he'll fling himself. It just so happened that in this instance, he was caught, but he still flung himself as if there was no tomorrow. You'd think he'd been polaxed and, you know, <laughs> kicked up the backside or had a harpoon in him the way he went down. Anyway, mm. yeah. Good point. All right. Uh, very, very quickly, um, we, it'd be remiss of us not to, to mention that, uh, you know, that uh, Eden Hazard popped on for a nice little cameo and looked uh, looked Hazard-like. Uh, but also, interestingly enough, our first glimpse of Zappa Costa, Ollie. What, what did you make of him? Yeah, he didn't get a chance really attacking-wise to show what he can do. Um, I think I saw a, a tweet. It might have been from Nazar, actually, Nazar Kinsella. I think he tweeted that it was the uh, he ran, he made the fastest run of the game or something. So he's obviously got some speed. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Um, so that's a good omen. Excellent. I think it'll, it'll be a really interesting battle between him and Moses uh, this season about who does get the starting spot. I sort of expect Zappacosta to start tomorrow night. Um, against Carabag to really get a, a view of what he what he's all about, yeah. Um, and yeah. I think you know he looks solid. He's a good. He's tall. Uh, he's obviously got pace. What we hear, he's a very very good crosser of the ball as well. So and he knows Conte as well. Conte was the the person that gave him his first Italy call up. So you know Conte obviously rates him as a player, um, and it'll be interesting to see if he. I mean, we expect him to fit into the system very nicely. So it will be good to see him on a bit longer. You know, I think he will start tomorrow night. Can I just I tell say, you what, Jonathan? Well, go on. No, no, you first. Yeah, I was going to say that I predicted that there would be a player that we didn't know anything about from Italy who uh, Conte had managed in the Italian team who we would buy mm. in the transfer window. And there it is. I just, well, I'm just crowing, really. That's all. <laughs> I've got to be honest, Jonathan. When it comes to uh, to Zappa Costa, if we don't have a song that uh, you know takes an old Frank Zappa song and, and makes some lyrics for Zappa Costa, <laughs> then we're doing it all wrong. The chances of that are unbelievably slim, knowing the, the, the other than the gold one, uh, the most of the sources for the songs are, uh, are the same, have been the same for the last 10 years. Well, we need to come up with a Frank Zappa song for Zappa Costa. And what's the one... Um, the, I mean, Hot Rats was a brilliant album, but there's an even better one, was it, you know... Something about uh, don't pee and uh, don't 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 eat the yellow snow. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I remember that one. There's yes, some really. If you don't, I mean, Frank Zappa is acquired taste. I fully accept and appreciate it. But uh, for those of us who know, you know. Um, right. Finally, just a little bit because I've got a couple of plugs to give out on this part as well. But I, I really want to talk about something that occurred to me. I mean, you know, one man we haven't talked about tonight who I think has been really, really good. He's played every game for us this season, and he's looked. He's just fitted in. I, I mean, arguably, one could say he has fitted in easily as well as Morata has. And you don't get much better starts into your Premier League, league career than three goals in four games. But, you know, Rudiger, 
Uh, we should never have been surprised, Ollie. He is, after all, a German international defender, and you, you, you're no mug if you play for the Germans. Um, but it looks at the moment as if he's going to be really difficult to dislodge, and, and it being that effectively... I mean, I know, you know, Cahill's the captain and everything, but do we really see... Do we really see a, a bit of an issue there with Cahill being able to get back in the side? Uh, maybe, yeah. I mean, it was quite funny actually because he was he was put up in front of the press today and he was asked this question: um, Is he, you know, is he thankful that he does have the captain's armband because his place might be under threat? And he sort of uh, laughed and said, "Well, I get asked this question every single year because there's always a player that seems to to be around that's going to knock him out." It is a really interesting one, this about Rudiger. I thought, especially on, on Saturday, he, he grew as the game went on. I don't think that side of the, of the of the back three is really his natural position. Uh, I remember being quite impressed when he came on in uh, Singapore, when he, he came on the right-hand side, and he just, no- he just knocked these wonderful balls out to the left-hand side, and he really looked confident in that position. And he is looking like a very good defender as well. So it's going to be a really interesting one for Cahill. I expect that... Cahill probably will come back into the side. I expect he'll probably start tomorrow because obviously he's back from his ban now as well. Um, and it's one of those that if Cahill does make the odd mistake here and there, I don't think Conte is going to care that he's the club captain. He knows he's got very, very good backup captain in Cesar Aspilicueta and he could well see his place under threat. Yeah. Do you think it makes the whole business of being linked with Van Dyke just, just to prove how absurd that was? that we would actually like have another centre-half? because, Or was that before he realised how good Christensen was, that we were linked with, with Van Dyke? Because there was a period where we were linked with all three um, Southampton full-backs and centre-halves, weren't we? With um, um, uh, Bertrand Cedric and, and, and Cedric yeah. as well, yeah. Mm. And was that all just, just complete bollocks, as everything appeared to be? Or do you think there was a, there was an element of truth in that initially? I think there was, there was an element of truth in, in Van Dijk. I think there was a lot of clubs sniffing around him. I think Liverpool always looked like the front runners to get him. Um, yeah. And for the price, you know, I think that was just a bit too much. I think, as, you're, as you say, it was before they really... Yeah. So he really saw a great deal of Christensen, Um and also, remember that they were linked with Bonucci as well from Juventus before course, he went off to AC Milan. So yeah. there was definitely, you know, he was definitely looking at another centre back to bring in before Rudiger did go. Um, you know, Christensen's proved that he's a very, very good centre back as well. He yeah. had two yeah. good centre, two good seasons at uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach. So, yeah. you know, and he's young, and, and you've got to give these tri- guys a chance sometimes. Uh, and was it ridiculous? I still think Van Dijk's a very, very good centre-back. Um, I'm, I'm surprised, you know, another team didn't snap him up, but Southampton were pretty adamant that they weren't going to lose any of their players this summer. Um, but I, yes. I don't think it's one of those players that he's too upset that they, they didn't pursue massively. Right. Hmm. Well, I concur with that. And I, I also, I mean, I, 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 good point, boys, actually, because, you know, apart from uh, Cahill and Rudiger, we've got Christensen, who... You know, I think a lot of us are really hoping, you know, we'll get a chance. But, I, I you know, I, I think what's really, really interesting for me is that Conte strikes me as a manager who likes a first 11. You know, he likes he likes a t- you know, he likes his first 11. So for the big matches and I mean, who knows whether he's going to prioritise the Premier League over the Champions League or what. But that's kind of what I'm thinking of. And I, I do agree. I think that we've got enough games at the moment for everybody to get a bit of a run out, but it'll be inter- interesting to see if he does settle down to a first 11. Anyway, yeah, we I need to move on. Go on. No, no, quickly. One thing, I think one area that maybe he was probably just most disappointed is the left wing back role. Uh, we, you know, we talked about how good Alonso has been and he has been fantastic, but if he does pick up a knock suspension or something like that, 
for me, there isn't an out-and-out backup really there. You know, they wanted to get rid of Kennedy. That loan move to Newcastle was something that was going to happen, but it just sort of fell through because they didn't bring anyone in. And I get people telling me, you know, we've got Rudiger, you've got Aspilicueta, they can play in that role. But you see, you know, as JK was talking about there and the crosses, you know, how important it is to have an out-and-out yeah. left, yeah. left footer on that left yeah. wing. Yeah. And, you know, it allows Hazard to cut in as well when he's playing on the left and it really yeah. adds a double threat. And I, I mean, think that's I'm, one area that I'm a bit worried that if Alonso does go down with an injury yeah. suspension, that we there's no real backup, a really quality backup to, to sort of uh, follow Zab, up. Zappa Costa's not Zappa Costa's not left footed then. No, he's not. He's left a right footed. footer. He's, he's a right yeah. footer, so he's more natural on the right. And again, he can play in that position, but it's not an out and out left wing back. So it's you know, the same we'll as with Dave. Dave is great as we've established playing on the left, but he his mm. crosses aren't as good as uh, no. the the brilliance of Alonso because Alonso yeah. has just got stepped up several levels to me. I just think he's fantastic. I think he's been brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. Brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. All right, boys. Okay, we're going to bring it to a close. But uh, uh, before we do, before we go to part three, uh, it's uh, I've been a bit remiss in my little uh, plugs for things what are important. Uh, well, they're important to me. I mean, I, I can't assume they're important to everybody, but. Uh, the Chelsea Supporters Trust, of course. Uh, we've had our elections, and uh, Dan's been voted back on, as have I. Uh, we've got one or two new people as well, which is all, always good. Uh, but anyway, we've got our uh, our first board meeting coming up this Thursday. Um, so anyway, if you want to join the Trust, get your voice heard by the club. Uh, it's five quid to become a voting member. Why wouldn't you pay five quid a year so that you can vote me off? No, no, I didn't really say that. Uh, obviously, you get to vote on not not just the board elections, but also, more importantly, all the motions that we have, which are all around things like atmosphere, safe standing, the temporary stadium, you know, all atmosphere, the whole nine yards. I mean, just check the website out. It's all on there. Um, of course, if you don't want to pay a fiver, you can always just join up for free. Uh, it's easy to do. Just go to ChelseaSupportersTrust.com. I think there's a bit on the website called Join Us. It's quite easy to find. And that will entitle you to attend meetings, come to the events, vote on the issues that directly affect you, and make sure you get your voice heard. Uh, and, of course, follow them on Twitter at S trust now uh closely uh, uh allied to the trust and uh, everything that we believe in is of course the chelsea pitch owners um you may need may, may feel that we do not need the chelsea pitch owners anymore because we're gonna have a nice great big spanking new stadium sometime hopefully before the end of the century um well you might be wrong because really at the end of the day the cpo is there absolutely to protect the future of the club uh come what may for generations henceforth uh so in order to be part of that lovely thing, you need to go and buy a share of the Chelsea pitch owners. They own the freehold of Stamford Bridge. Uh, find out how to do that. It's about 100 quid, I think, for a share, maybe a little bit more. But just email them at uh, info at chelseapitchowners.com or check out chelseafc.com forward slash fans forward slash Chelsea hyphen pitch hyphen owners. Follow them on Twitter at pitch owners. You can also pay for your share. Uh, in instalments, by the way. So uh, it doesn't have to be massively expensive. Uh, last but by no means least, well, not quite last but by no means least, but of course the latest issue of CFC UK is now available. Uh, I've got a piece in there. I can't for the life of me rem remember what I've written about this month, but there you go. I'm, I haven't got a copy yet, so I'll pick one up tomorrow night and then I'll tell you next week if you haven't bought one. Um, but every, really good writers in there. Um, Tim Rolls, Walter Ottenmott, Worrell, Kelvin Barker, to name but a few. Many others as well. Uh, Clayton does a bit of writing too. So go and get it. Um, you can get it, obviously, by going to the stall, the CFC UK stall opposite Fulham Broadway Tube. Uh, you can also get it digitally by subscribing online at cfcuk.net. 
And if you're in the USA, uh, follow at CFC UK USA. Uh, and if anyone is interested in getting a, a CFC UK copy, contact Dan Lundberg on Twitter at dlundberg underscore. Now, uh, very finally, a quick plug for the Kerry Dixon show. What I record each week with the legend himself. Um, it's available usually on a Thursday afternoon. Uh, so make sure you download it via Acast, iTunes and SoundCloud, also known as SoundClart by me. Another Jamaican <laughs> reference from my friend who was in there earlier saying he loved or she loved the Jamaican references. Now, after the break, uh, I don't know if I can promise you more Jamaican references, but we can look forward to the return of Champions League football. The champions! I can't wait. I've, I never thought, Jonathan, I would miss that bloody stupid European song sound. But I don't I have. ever miss that. Personally. The champions. You are you are I do miss it. rendering I do. it very competently, Chid, and very annoying. Well, I do try. I, I've <laughs> yeah. been I've been in, I've been training in training for that all week, mate. Actually, that's what's going on. But anyway, no, it's Champions League football returns to Stamford Bridge tomorrow night against the new boys from Azerbaijan, Karabag, also known as Karabag. Anyway. Uh, so we can talk about that and of course I'm afraid we do need to talk about the whole furore that's been kicking around about the Maratta song which has been seen us get roundly you know trounced uh, in the media and everywhere else and uh, the supporters in the dock again anyway we'll be talking about all of that in a minute see you in a sec away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for McDonald's maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery you in? order now on the McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Chidge. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chidge, I'd be bereft. Inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> It's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow, great. Uh, but yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. fans real opinions i'm jason cundy and you're listening to the chelsea football fancast proper chelsea footballfancast.com 
Okay, welcome back to uh, the Chelsea Fancast. I'm Stanford Chidge, of course, and uh, I have with me the lovely Jonathan Kidd tonight. Great to be here as always, Chidge. Tis indeed. And uh, of course, we've got the very uh, erudite uh, young man, Mr. Oliver Harbord, who uh, writes for Football London. And uh, more specifically, he writes uh, about Chelsea on Football London, and he does so very well. Hello, how are you? I'm very good. And uh, we're now in part three. Now, part three, uh, I said to the boys earlier on, I'm really excited about this. you know, it's, uh, I mean, because you've got to remember that for me now, it's, I mean, I know that for a lot of people, they come from, you know, hundreds of miles away to go and see Chelsea play at home. You know, I am bone idle. I always was. I mean, I never used to bother going when I used to live down here permanently years ago. It only, you know, I, I you know, it had, I had to live in Lots Road, which is like five minute walk from the ground before I could be asked to get, you know, to get over there. I'm terrible. I know. I freely admit it. Um, but it's even more difficult for me now because I'm actually very busy. I do a lot of work uh, down in this part of the world. But I actually bought my ticket for the Car- for the Carabag game, no doubt. You know, not exactly a, a, a page-turner of a game on paper, but I bought it on the day they released, and I have to leave work tomorrow at three, drive up to London like a bat out of hell, park the car, get in the cock, go and see a game. So I am really excited to see the Champions League coming back. Uh, and I'm sure most Chelsea supporters, if not all Chelsea supporters, are. But I, I, I had to do a bit of research about Carrier Bag today, and there was a superb article uh, in the Daily Telegraph that had all sorts of weird stuff about them. I won't bore you with it all, but what, what I will pick out this quote from somebody at Carabag. Uh, and it says, This club means everything to the people of Azerbaijan. Our lands are being occupied. It's through success with Carabag that we bring that to the attention of the world. And it occurred to me that, you know, we all kind of flippantly have no bloody idea where they or Azerbaijan is. But do not underestimate a side for whom this means everything, Jonathan. It's their first Champions League proper match, you know. They've gone through the group, uh, the qualification process. But I think this means an awful lot to the people out there, mate, by the looks of it. Oh, definitely. Must under, I mustn't underestimate them, underestimate them at all. Um, I'd be interested to see what crowd they get if uh, if anybody's travelling from there, or um, whether they have a lot of um, London. Is that all you fans. take away? Yeah, well, I, th- I feel that that would be unfair to shout that at them, given that they have to come so far. Um, do they have to get a visa to visit us? I don't. I don't know about mm. that. I know, like in the same way, we have mm. to get one to visit them. Um, but yeah, I'd also uh, perhaps somebody mixed look can answer this. Is it a sellout? Because I've known in the past in certain Champions League opening games against lesser opposition when it's been half full, and uh, I wonder whether in fact that well, uh, it, there was it, it there was something sellout. asked today actually, and and we've we've been told it is a sellout uh, oh, for tomorrow. Good, good. So uh, I mean that part of that might might be to do with the fact that Champions League is coming back after a year after a year yes. away. So um, but yeah, no, we're hearing it should be a sellout tomorrow. Oh fantastic. Good, mm. good. But you have to say well, it would be interesting to see how many fans they've got. Uh, no, I mean I wish yeah. I wish them well. I just hope that they uh, they don't perform particularly well against us. Um, either yeah, a home I, or time or away. But you never know, they yeah, might I, be uh, they're an unknown quantity, aren't they? And as you say, it well, might mean like, everything to them. I've got some really boring stats for you about this on a minute, but um, the 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 thing is, Jonathan, um, we were lucky enough. Uh, well, I, I you know I didn't. I mean, I wish I could say I planned all this, but I, I, the reality is I'm not that clever. Um, but by by virtue of having Ollie on the show tonight, we've actually got uh, a man who was at the press conference today, the Champions League uh, press conference. Uh, so Ollie, um, 
I mean, you know, what what I gleaned from the presser is that uh, Hazard's probably going to be on the bench and Drinkwater's got a calf injury. But what what, what other news do you have from the presser? Yeah, that's right. Uh, Drinkwater, they they held an open training session today as well. And Drinkwater wasn't was the only player not part of that. So, you know, I don't think he's going to be around with a calf injury. Um, Hazard, uh, Conte made the point that it'd be stupid to risk him unnecessarily. Um, so he's probably going to start from the bench. Um, he mentioned the word rotation quite a few times as well. So there could be some some other sort of absences, maybe Christensen coming in for the likes of Louise, um, potentially even Morata uh, being switched out with Michi. I'm not entirely sure on that one. I, I'd like to see Morata start from the beginning and really go at it early and, and get those sort of two, three goals if they can in the first half and try and kill the game as quick as possible. Um but there will be some rotation. You know, Charlie Masonda even hinted, sort of gave a little hint on Instagram that he could get, he could feature. He sort of had this, his number 17 shirt and said, oh, uh, coming soon sort of thing. You know, it's been a long time, but but time to bring this out soon. So there's a little bit of suggestion that he could even appear at some point tomorrow. So, uh, yeah, definitely a bit of rotation, I think, because they've got such a busy schedule over over September, six more games in September. So, and some big games of that as well, you know, Arsenal, Man City, Atletico away, Stoke away as well. So there's some big games in there that they need to sort of navigate. So I think they, he's seeing this one as, you know, definite need to win, but a, a good chance to potentially rest some players ahead of Arsenal on Sunday. So Jonathan, I like this. It's Conte, Conte rotation in the 21st century. Yes. I hope they don't do that thing of um, playing a below strength side uh, and go a goal down early on and then we don't retrieve it. So this is just me, you know, plumbing the depths of pain from previous Chelsea performances <laughs> over the over the years. Um, and uh, and then he has to bring all the uh, all the top players on and we scramble around and just manage to equalise or not, as the case may be. Or LeBeuf ah. scores in the last minute to make it 2-1 and we all go home exhausted by the uh, the terror of the game. Um, I say LeBeuf because it always used to be the case. He'd always have a, a, a dig from about 40 yards and it would either, you know, scream into the top right-hand corner or, or you know, miss terribly. Um, but, yeah, I... I you know, it's they're an unknown, aren't they? Well, they're not an unknown. He'll have seen videos of them, so he knows what. Well, actually, John, Jonathan, I got, I've got, a, I've got a quote from him. From I think this might be from the press. I mean, Ollie can back it up. But apparently, this is what Conte said about Carabag, which absolutely yes. validates your point. He says that Carabag are a good team. It's the first time that they play in the Champions League. I know some of the players well as we played against Azerbaijan when I was the Italy coach. So you would have thought that he's not going to underestimate them, having heard that. But he might have thought, well, actually, I've watched them. I don't think they're very good, so I'll give everybody a go. It might be the opposite, you know. It might be. That, well, uh, in, indeed, we will you know, find indeed, out. We will find true. out. I mean, to be to be fair, I mean, I, I, I think this is the right time for uh, you know, because it's very rarely that the very rare that I'll ever bother to do homework for this show, as you all, as you all jolly well know. Um, but the ho- homework I have done, uh, when I say homework, I mean I went to the BBC's football website and just nicked it straight from that. Sue me. Uh, anyway, apparently Spurs beat them 3-1 and 1-0 in the Europa League group stages in 2015-16. Uh, and no Azerbaijani side has ever reached the knockout stages in Europe. In fact, Karabakh have won only four 
That's four of their 18 games in the group stages of a, of a European competition, so Europa League, obviously. They've drawn five and lost nine. Uh, and apparently, Karabakh striker Dino Nluvu scored four goals in six games in this season's Champions League qualifiers. So they've got a striker by the looks of it, uh, Ollie. Do you know anything about him? Seen him play, maybe? <laughs> I Checked don't know YouTube. much. About, I had a little bit of research myself. I think he, he was their top scorer last season with 10 goals, I believe. Um, and I don't know. I couldn't tell you a great amount about him. I think he's had some South African caps as well. I believe he's four maybe South African caps over his time. So obviously they got someone there who can score goals if given the chance. Um, you know, his, I'm sure his uh, service will be pretty limited uh, tomorrow night, or you'd expect it, you'd hope it anyway. So I couldn't tell you a great amount about him, but uh, you know, he's probably one of these that looks quite good on YouTube, I'd say. Ollie, Ollie I'm, I'm, uh, you know, you, you've, you have proved, uh, not that you had to for me and Jonathan, but you have proved beyond all reasonable doubt that you are a journalist of Kaliber. That you knew that about uh, Dino, Dino and Lovu. I mean, you impressed, J.K. I am. Uh, well, immensely so. Yes, of course. It's uh, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> it's uh, it, but I have to say, it's as you'd expect. I mean, you've 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 got your reput- You're maintaining your reputation, Ollie. You know, I'm trying my best to. I'm trying yeah, my no, best you've, to. You've, you've succeeded. <laughs> anyway, here, you know, apart from apart from uh, you know whatever about a uh, uh, carrier bag or whatever, whatever they are. Um, this this struck me as quite interesting. It's it's easy to forget this, you know. You know, because I don't know. It was just such a it was such normalcy, wasn't it, for Chelsea being in the Champions League every year, yada yada yada. But this is our fifteenth Champions League campaign, and that is the third most for an English club after Man United, who have got have been in it for you know twenty one years, and Arsenal nineteen. I I've got to say, J.K. You know, one forgets actually uh, how impressive that is. I mean, that's even before we go into our superb uh you know normal kind of uh performance in it where we get to quarterfinals semi-finals finals and that's why all the english clubs are allowed to play in it still because our coefficient rocks but you know it's impressive isn't it yeah yeah it's it we, we start a season and we forget that we're a, a wonderful club i find you know because everybody's doom and gloom merchants attacking it all but it's uh we've done wonderfully it's it's been uh, joyous to be a supporter during this period, and that just emphasises it to me. But it uh, and and I suppose not qualifying for it last year made us made me realise how how important it is, uh, and we must go as far as we possibly can. It'd be interesting to see what the expectations of the board are, because the board this season the board always had an expectation. I remember they got very annoyed with um, Mourinho for going out in the quarterfinals. Um, when was that? The season before last. Um, uh, obviously, because it's a big money spinner, um, and also for the prestige of the club as well, uh, particularly around the world. But uh, I mean, that's a very impressive stat, Chidge, isn't it? Considering that we mm. um, United and Arsenal, I think, started obviously much later than us. Sorry, much well, earlier. Considering than we, that, were, considering we were, us. considering we were invented in two thousand and four, I think that's pretty remarkable. We've, we've done remarkably for a side that is only thirteen years. Seasons exactly. Yeah. Um, from what I used to understand, I mean, Ollie, Ollie might verify this, but when I, when I used to know about these things, I was always under the impression that the club uh, budgeted uh, each year to be in the quarterfinals of the Champions League. Ollie, is, would you think that's much the same these days? Um, maybe t- towards the, the quarterfinals might be a bit tough these days. I, I wouldn't say it's quite 
quite the same. If you look at the amount of money, I think just get, even getting into the top four these days are, is really tough. I mean, yeah. you know, Arsenal slipped out of the top four last season. And you look at it today and you think, how can they get back into the top four? I think it's a real, it's a really tough one to, to really, you know, go after saying. And all you have to do is look at the strength in the competition this year and look at that pot two and how strong it was. You know, yeah. you had Barcelona in that group, obviously Atletico in there. PSG were in there as well because Monaco won the League One as well. It was such a strong competition and it's only getting stronger with the amount of money that's being thrown around at the moment. So to even get to the quarterfinals this, you know, at this stage, if you get a tough sort of uh, you know, last 16 draw as well is, is pretty pretty impressive as far as the as you know as far as the board goes only Conte and the board will know exactly what their expectations mm. are I personally think a quarter final is is a good place to be at least I think anything below that is a, is a disappointment um, Conte sort of played it down you know talk about the chances he's talked very much about the fact that you know it's a it's a build for the future uh, I'd say quarter final at minimum is is what he's probably expecting to happen, and then sort of hope hope for a good draw and see what happens from there. Mm. Um, okay, I think uh, in view of all of that, uh, I think it's uh, it's time for us to put up or shut up. So, Ollie, very quickly, I mean, how how do you see this going? What what do you think is going to happen tomorrow? It should be a comfortable win. It has to be a comfortable win because if you don't, then you're really behind the group already because you expect Atletico and Roma to take six points off Carabag as well. So I'm going to go for uh, a solid 4-0, I think. Whoa, I like it. Mr. Optimistic. I bet you can't match that, Jonathan. Uh, I'm, I was, while he was speaking, going for a, an optimistic 3-0. Um, all scored in the first half. And then he'll just um, uh, move people around for the second and take it easy. Mm. Well, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna be the negative Nora, and I'm gonna oh. say two nil. I'm gonna say two nil. Um, but I, I have to say, what I also really hope is that whilst we're playing them and winning two nil, that Roma and Atletico are drawing. Uh, which way round is it first, Ollie? Is it Atletico at home or, or Roma? Uh, tomorrow night. I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. To be quite honest, um, yeah. I'll, I'll, I can have a look for you. I can have a quick Google no, don't for worry. you. <laughs> I'm, all the all the listeners will know it's just idiots like me who don't but anyway whatever way around they're playing I hope that that's a draw because I think that would be quite useful for us because at the end of the day you know I think in normal Champions League years you've got to win your home games that's nine points um, Carabag being crap let's hope win the other one that's 12 that should see us through so it doesn't really matter what happens against yeah. the other two um, but uh, you can't take anything for granted as I said that that whole campaign after we won it when uh, under under uh, Robbie De Matteo we uh, we went out and yet we we scored I think we had the most points ever scored in a group stage and still go out so you can't take anything for granted I'm sure the boys won't and uh, I can't I can't wait to be there I hopefully see a few of you there tomorrow Andy Silverman tells me it's actually Roma at home so Roma thanks for clearing that up. Yeah. Yeah, so now uh, we've had a lot of fun so far on the show. We've talked all about the Leicester game, which has been great fun. Uh, we lost Dan along the way, which is very sad, particularly for about what we are about to talk about, because he was there. Um, but I'm afraid now we have to do... It would be very remiss of us to ignore that this happened and not talk about it. Um, so there we go. Um, I've called it Going for a Song. It's Black and White, Not Blue. Uh, which is clever, but don't worry about that. Uh, the bo- the bottom line is uh, that uh, um, on Saturday, uh, the Chelsea supporters or some supporters, I don't know, it's very difficult for me to you know, sit here and pass judgment, and, I, and I'm not going to try and do that because I wasn't there. 
but I'm afraid it was very clearly heard on the TV on, on, on the on the bits of it that I watched. But uh, Chelsea are at the centre of racist accusations again uh, because of the lyrics to the Maratta song, which of course uh, managed to get the line in there about not liking Spurs fans very much, but of course using the Y word, which uh, I'm afraid these days is unacceptable and has been for a while at the ground. I mean, this is not news. I mean, this has been kicking around. I mean, okay, I, I, you know, my work on the trust, we know what the club's policies are and all of that. And as I said, it's not news. Anyway, um, in the post-match presser, and I presume Ollie was there, so I'll, I'll pick his brains on that in a minute. But uh, uh, I, clearly the press had heard it and were not too amused. Uh, and they, 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 they quizzed um, Antonio Conte on it. And I think before, I mean, I don't think he had a clue what, what was going on, to be fair. But uh, Steve... Um, Steve Atkins quickly stepped in to, uh, to 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 save Antonio a bit of a grilling on something he didn't really know about. And to quote, he said this. He says, I don't think Antonio was aware of the song, so I can just speak on behalf of the club. Uh, the club and the players appreciate the fans' passionate support away from home, of course. But the language in that song is not acceptable at all. We've spoken to Alvaro after the game, and he does not want to be connected to that song in any way. And both the player and the club request that the supporters stop singing that song with immediate effect. Uh, and then later today, there's been a bit of follow-up uh, about this. Uh, and uh, Steve, I, I think he was—he um, held his own press conference, as it were. But he said people, perhaps he did it at the one that Ollie was at earlier. And again, I'll, I'll speak to Ollie about that in a minute. Um, but people should know that the police will be involved. We must be clear on this because it has to stop, he said. Chelsea Football Club finds all form of discrimination abhorrent. The language used in that song is totally unacceptable. People that use this kind of language against others always try and argue a grey area. There is no grey area. That language used was anti-Semitic. We have a zero tolerance towards it. There are repercussions that are coming out from this, uh, and they will be over the next few days, no doubt. Um, but again, Ollie, I, I presumably you were at both uh, the one on Saturday and, of course, the one today where this was picked up picked up on. Is you know, you had a first-hand view of it. P- please share. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, during the game, it was it seemed to start um, after obviously Morata's goal. Um, I wasn't, I, I didn't fully hear it at first. I've got to be honest because sort of heading laptop and wasn't really concentrating too much about it. When when I became sort of aware of it was was at the very end of the game when Murata seemed to be the last one of the last players to to go over to the fans you see and and, it, and when the ground had emptied out and there's a there's a few Chelsea fans still around as well and that's when you really heard it and I sort of noticed it more and turned to Simon Johnson at the at the stand and, and it was like is that what they're saying and he was kind of gave me a look of unfortunately so uh, and then in the mm. press conference afterwards you know Steve as you rightly say Conte you know didn't really know anything about it uh, Steve stepped in and 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 gave the statement that you that you read out and yeah it was just a real a real shame really um you know i felt i felt sorry for a bit sorry for Murata as well because here you've got a striker who's doing all he all he can for the club and, and he seemed to be having this new song you know whether he knew exactly the impl- implications about it when it was being sung who knows um but and it just seemed to be like you know, there was just no need for it, really. Um, you, you know, you can see Oli where it's evolved from. It's just because Real Madrid rhymes. With oh, it. absolutely, absolutely, and it is. But it's a shame that it had to. Real shame that it had to go that way because you oh, know it's it's great to hear the, a new song about your your new strike well, who started I, so I, well. It, and it's, it's great it's about to hear that. it. So I agree, agree. But nonetheless, I still I despair of the lack of originality because yes, it's, 
it's once again, it's the Tiago song. It's every other song to do with hatred. They always say the Tiago song was Tiago. Well, he comes from Portugal. He hates the Arsenal. You know, mm. when it, it's always a, a, finding a team to have up to hate. And particularly yeah. at the moment with this fact that nearly every song is hating Tottenham. Yeah. Which I, you know, I've gone on about on this program before. I think is utterly ridiculous. Yeah. And, and, and but it's an easy, easy way out. They just find something, and unfortunately, he, well, fortunately, he played for Real Madrid, and it rhymes, and that yeah, song absolutely. fits fits perfectly. And it's lazy, it's unoriginal, and ultimately, this is completely stupid, and it will yeah. lead but, to large numbers of fans who were just singing it because they're not thinking being banned from the club. That was that's what well, will happen. Uh, I think that's a very very good point, Jonathan. But mm. I think you know, to be really honest about it. Um, Whilst you know, I, I agree with the the, the comments about the, the the derivation and the originality of the song. Well, I mean, there's no I, excuse. I would have to, I, no excuse. I agree. I'm about to get into that. Hang on. Yeah. Hold your yeah. hold your power. You know, the the other thing I was going to say is that you know I have no problem with the tribalism and the the enmity between various supporters. I can't help that. I, I grew up in a certain era, and that's the way it is. And I don't mind expressing that hatred. But the absolute un un undeniable fact about the use of that word is that not only is it offensive to a, a large group of people including it should be said our very owner who is jewish mm, and several members of the board as yeah. well as a lot of our own support we have a lot of jewish supporters and not only is it abhorrent and offensive to them but it is you know it's illegal you just can't do that anymore we live in 2017 uh, things have changed. It is no longer acceptable, and, and and I'm not just blowing, you know, blowing off about this. This is a fact. Uh, the police, and I know this again through my work with the trust, because obviously we we work closely with the Tottenham Supporters Trust as well, you know, and of course they have a particular view on it. Um, and of course this is what often gets confused, and this is what Steve Atkins was talking about when he mentions a grey area. That people say, oh well, it's just banter. Oh well, it's it's about Spurs. We're not we're not being anti-Semitic or racist because we're just that's what Spurs call themselves. Spurs mm. sing it. The difference is, and this is the point in law. This is why the police will arrest you for it on the basis that it is a hate crime, and it yeah. contravenes the Public Order Act. Is that when we sing it or any other fans? And I think this is another point we should get into perhaps in a minute. It's not just us that sing it, but it's us that have made it bloody clear that we do sing it this weekend. But mm. when we sing it, we sing it with malicious intent. When the Spurs fans sing it, they don't. And that no, is why true. they don't get arrested for it. And even with that point, I know for a fact that the police, the Met, because the Met have taken the view that using the Y word uh, is an offence. They are actually, you know, talking to Tottenham about the ramifications of that. And there have been arguments going on between the, the supporters, Tottenham supporters, uh, supporters Trust and the Met about whether they should be able to say it or not and whether they should be immune to that arrest. Well, that's not our problem. Our problem is, is that when we sing it, we sing it with malicious intent. And I'm afraid whatever your views on it, that is an offence and it's going to get you arrested at the worst case scenario. It'll get you banned because the club are very sensitive to this, largely because of our history going back a long way and also about what happened in Paris not that long ago. So if you carry on saying it, you're going to get banned. You're not going to, go to see, be, uh, be able to see Chelsea anymore and you're also uh, you know, likely to be arrested. That's the facts, right? Who wants yeah, to come back on that first? There was a guy arrested at, at uh, the station for singing it by Leicester Police. Really? 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think you're surprised. absolutely right. Ollie, do you I, think, want... I think the club are, are dealing with it the right way as well. As you know, the statement that came out straight away, just to, just to put try and stamp it into it. And I think and I hope that it will do. I think the whole incident will. I, I can't see it. If if anybody tries to even sing it at the next away game or any time, they're just going to be absolutely put down. I hope. Uh, is going to be the case. Uh, I think you know the club, as I say, have dealt with it exactly the right way. There's just no, it's just, it's just utterly, it's utter ignorance as well. If you're going to, you can't say things like, "Well, Spurs sing about themselves; we can sing it at them." That's just not how it works. Just let Spurs deal with it themselves. Let them look after themselves, and, and Chelsea not be sort of drawn into this this idea of of having to chant those sort of things. Get behind the get behind the team, and you know, and just you know, stop out all the, all the nonsense that that comes with issues like this. Can I can I just say that I've, I've I've never understood why the Wenger chants are allowed and nobody complains about them, and also if you take this further, you shouldn't really be the Frank Lampard songs are referring to West Ham as pikies should similarly be condemned. Mm. Mm, that's a really good point. And I mean, while we're on that matter, because, you know, I, I, I you know, look, uh, let me put it on record. I, I utterly condemn it. You know, I, I firmly, I, you know, I'll be honest with you. I'll be really honest with you. There have been times in the past, a long time ago, when I would have sung it. I, I, and I'll be honest enough to admit that, but not for a long time. Not when I realised, actually, you know, that in, inherently it is racist and anti-Semitic and it's just not acceptable. Um, but I utterly condone, don't do not condone it for one iota. It's abhorrent and, and it needs to stop. Um, but you know, I think it, it does open up a much broader issue. And I mean, I know a lot of Chelsea supporters are actually uh, kind of rallying around these points. Uh, the whole idea of the, about the fact the Spurs fans sing it, but also, you know, every time we go anywhere, we get held. You know, Rent Boys is held. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now I, 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 I remember. Now I know, I, I know that that's offensive to a lot of people, and quite rightly so. But I've I've had this out on a, on a supporters trust uh, a, a SGM when we had the police there and we made this very very point when they were actually talking to us about the use of the Y word and the ramifications of doing of doing that which is going to be uh, being arrested I think it's uh, you know uh, acts acts likely to stir up racial hatred they they view it as an offence and a hate crime and they'll arrest you. But um, we said, well, what about what about the use of uh, uh, the fact that whenever rent we boys. go anywhere, we, we get we get rent boys held? And they said, well, there's the, they don't view that in the same way. And there's nothing they can do about it. Well, you know, if you go down Jonathan's line, maybe they should. You know, um, maybe there should be a massive crackdown with other. I mean, West Ham do it. They're probably even worse than us, if the truth be told. They hate Spurs just as much as we do. Maybe in the same way that need to really have a think about using it themselves. You know, maybe this will actually open this up, Jonathan, yeah. and maybe we might make some progress. Well, there's the, the Brighton supporters are subjected to um, uh, homophobic yeah. abuse nonstop, absolutely nonstop. Yeah. Every team that goes yeah. down down to um, well, uh, apparently Rent Boys but... isn't isn't deemed as homophobic by the police. Well, but I think the, the, they're subjected to worse, though, aren't they? That's the trouble. So, but even well, they, they've got I mean, a big problem with it. They've got an enormous problem with it down there. So. I mean, look, to be honest, chaps, and I mean, you know, come, come back to me on this one. I mean, as I said, I, I really do think it's just time to move on. You know, we, we, you know, we need we need to move away from that stuff. And I cannot, for the life of me, understand how hard it. I mean, you know, how hard is it to just not. Thing. I mean, you know, I'll give you an example. I'll give you a, a perfect example. Um, 
of course, I'm having an absolute brain fart and can't remember the song. You know, you know, Barcelona, Barcelona, Real Madrid, Tottenham are a bunch of. Now, I still sing all of that song, but I do not sing the last bit of it. I just stop yes. at that point. How hard is it just to not sing that word? It's offensive. It's racist. It's anti-Semitic. It upsets a lot of people. It's going to get you arrested. It's going to get you banned. Just don't bloody sing it. Think of something else, or just don't sing it all. I mean, talk to me, boys. I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of out, out of breath apart from everything else. Well, I don't know if it's the idea of, you know, mob mentality, isn't it? Where you get a few people, somebody probably would never sing it on their own. But as soon as a group of people get together, somehow rationale and, and reason go out the window. And that's just not the way it is. I mean, what you need is, is and it is, you know, there, it was a minority that sung it on at the weekend, Uh but that's a good needs- point, actually, Ollie. Ollie, Ollie, that's a good point. How many? Because there were three thousand Chelsea supporters there. I mean, how many do you reckon might have been singing it then? Um, to be honest, I couldn't tell you exactly exact numbers, but I would say it was. It, it sounded was probably, pretty loud to me. Sounded it like was, a thousand to me. It, yes, it was. I'd say it was loud enough to be that sort of group, that that number. Uh, and it needs it needs the other two thousand or so to to really shut, shut them up shut because up. Yeah. unfortunately, you know, when especially towards an end of a game when the press is still around writing things as well and and the TV cameras are still on and, and it, it becomes so clear. It became absolutely massively clear and it only needed, as you say, wow. maybe that 500 to 1,000 well, people to really, Ram- Ramsey, to really Ram- Ramsey, Ramsey was there and uh, or shed up a man as he is on here and he says probably more than 2,000. Really? And that's quite frightening, isn't it? I mean, I think I think the point that you're both making there is really, really interesting. And, and I mean, Jonathan and I, Jonathan and I, have, uh, in particular, have, have been through this. Ah, uh, he's now qualified himself. He's not all singing the Y word. All right, fair enough. Um, Jonathan and I have already been through this. Uh, you know, when we were, um, you know, going a long, long time ago. And and you know, basically, if you were a black player, we, we've had Paul Cannaval on the show many times and talking about this, but. If you're a black player or if you're a black supporter, you got subjected to some horrendous uh, racist abuse and you don't really see it anymore at the games. I mean, it's, it, it has dissipated over time. And I think that, you know, ultimately that's a societal thing, you know, that uh, for, for various reasons in society, you know, racism toward, overt racism towards black people and black football players has disappeared to a certain degree. I, I wouldn't be naive enough to say that it never happens but over time it, it, it people realized they they became more more understanding more educated about it perhaps self-policing going along more black players more black supporters yada 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 and it, and it dissipates over time as people begin to understand that uh you know and i and i'm just wondering if if, if it will be the same case with with this um maybe it's a little bit more difficult i don't know because it's you know, it's, it's not so obvious in a sense, but hopefully, again, we'll see this happen. But frankly, guys, you know, um, as I said, times have changed. It's time to move on and accept that, you know, using it is unacceptable. And if you can't accept that and you don't see that, you're going to have to face the consequences. And that's the that, that's the end of it, isn't it, Ollie? Yeah, absolutely. You're absolutely right. It's maybe, you know, this unfortunate incident, maybe that will, will shed more light on it. It's obviously got a lot of attention now as well over the last few days and it's not it's not going to disappear anytime particularly quickly so maybe maybe this sort of issue what's happened at the weekend might highlight it a little bit more and it'll be the the real catalyst to cut it out once and for all because you know we we love football we absolutely love everything about it but but moments like this and and you know it really it really puts a downer on 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 everything when it comes to the game 
I think the problem is, I mean, is that it's, this is especially problematic for Chelsea because of the hatred that exists between the two sets of supporters. And if it was just generally that we're saying that people use this word, but other clubs don't, don't have a go at Tottenham as much as our supporters do. West Ham and, uh, do, Jonathan. But, it, uh, but really, as much, as much, is, is, is yeah. every song got We Hate Tottenham in it? No, that, not to that extent. But I can tell you for a fact that when West Ham played uh, Spurs a few years ago, there were a lot of arrests of West Ham fans when they went to White Hart Lane for, for anti-Semitism. OK, and they're singing, I presume, presume, the gas songs and all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, all of that okay. and the hissing. There was a big thing about it. But, I mean, the thing is, is that, you know, again, having read a lot of the reports and stuff about this, um, you know... It, it, it's seen as a as a as a as an idiosyncratically London issue, so the London rivalries between Spurs is when it comes out. It doesn't happen uh, between Spurs and the Northern clubs so much. But I think there's a very valid point in there, and I think it, the final point on this really, because we've got to move on, otherwise we wouldn't have time for your lovely emails. But um, you know, there is a there, there, there is a. I think the club have been really clever in a way. Actually, I mean, you know, it, it might not seem like it. It might it might sound really, really uh, uh, you know. You know, I don't really know what the word is, but they've kind of really come in hard on the supporters here. And I, I know that, that a lot of people won't like that, but I think they've been really clever because they've grabbed hold of the issue immediately so that it doesn't become an issue for them to be thrown at them like Paris was, for example. So I've been, yes, I think they've been yes. very smart about that. They've, they've grabbed hold of the agenda. They've seized the agenda on this and and are being very, 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 very aggressive about trying to stamp it out. And consequently, um, so the, FA aren't, the FA aren't involved as a consequence. Of oh, this, don't worry. Oh, no, right no, in. no. Don't worry, Jonathan. Anything about Chelsea, they'll rear their ugly heads. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> and you do realise that the FA, the FA can actually uh, take action such as docking points from us in the worst and most persistent cases of racist behaviour. You know, and wow. let's be honest, in the FA's eyes, we have a long torturous track record in that respect you know and if they get involved who knows they could do that anyway uh we'll watch this space but i mean i i, I mean look you know whatever the ins and outs of it you know my views i think it's abhorrent and, and it really needs to stop uh time has moved on uh, and i would hate for people who kind of get caught up in that and as, as ollie said you know we've all been there you know you get a bit of group uh think going on and it, it, it's sometimes hard to go against that um, and I would hate to see, you know, some, some people who are maybe a bit ignorant and naive uh, get banned or worse. Just don't say it. It's really simple. Mm. Really, really simple. Right, um, enough of that. Sorry to get a bit serious on everybody for a while, but uh, we'll, we'll soon change all that, Jonathan. We've got some top emails, and uh, Jonathan's going to read them out for us after this short break. Fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Footballfancast.com Right, welcome back. Uh, it's the Chelsea Fancast. I'm Stanford Chidge, and I've got the lovely uh, Jonathan Kidd and Ollie Harbour with me. Uh, we got a bit serious serious on it all uh, a few minutes ago which kind of had to be done I'm afraid but uh, we will lighten the mood again because we have uh, the, the it's time for emails, the lovely Jonathan to do his emails uh, Jonathan take it away Thank you, I shall um, This is from Ash K. Murray Dear Chidge and all my fellow blues, this is my second email to the podcast 
The first one was read out by Mr. Jonathan Velvet Voice Kid. That's me. And I'm going to keep this one. Jonathan, did you, did you write this email? Uh, <laughs> I think I'd have found a different... I'd have called myself Nathanodge Dick. You'll know it's me if I, <laughs> that comes in. Um, uh, yeah, but I'll, I'll call myself, yes, Mr. Smooth Velvet Voice. Thank you very much indeed. Thanks, Ashkay. Um, uh, Akshay, I should say. Um, uh, anyway, yes, um, I must say that listening to you and the gang scrabble for information on System of a Down was funny. I myself am a fan of SOAD and agree with the similarity of appearance between David Zappacosta and Serge Tankian. That was from last week when none of us knew, of course, who System of a Down were. Um, this comparison gives us a possible point of discussion. What sort of musical style would you associate our current squad members with? For example, Diego Costa, who I don't think is a current squad member, but he'd be heavy metal for his gnarly style of play, both on and off the pitch. Andreas Christensen would be silky smooth jazz. David Luiz, with his ability on the ball and penchant for the extraordinary, would be a 40-piece orchestra. Also, I will be at the Forest game on the 20th and would love to catch a beer. Cheers and forza. Akshay Mori. So that's interesting. He's going to be at the uh, Forest game on the 20th, so we should all meet up. Would that be in the cock, Chidge? Um, well, I, I have to sadly tell you... <laughs> You're that, not there! Uh, <laughs> no, um, but because um, it's, you know, Wednesday nights I find really difficult because I, I work down in Southampton to, until uh, quarter to six, and it's really hard to to make it up in time so i'm afraid any wednesday matches i'm afraid are off 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 limits for me at the moment which is a real pisser and then some so i'm really sorry about that actually because it would have been lovely to meet you in the cock uh not least because that was a hilarious email jonathan (laughs) yes i would disagree with the heavy metal for diego i think he's a a bit more a bit more punk a bit more garagey for me um and i think he's a bit more yeah so yeah, Diego Costa, it's, it's a bit like, he, he, yeah, you know, he kind of reminds, maybe, you know, when American bands kind of, uh, you know, kind of adapted, I mean, I know it technically started in New York first, so don't write in and tell me I don't know what I'm talking about, uh, but then it all happened in England, and then it kind of went back to West Coast America, and you got a lot of kind of, you know, punk versions of it, and he strikes me as he, that's what he would be. A bit kind of oi oi in a sense, although that was again London. I'm going around in circles here. Should we go and do another email? <laughs> Can we not just... Talk a couple of moments about why Andrew's Christmas. Jonathan and I will be doing a a music podcast for you in the coming months. Look look out for it. Because I think Andrew's Christensen is slightly more um, new wave, personally. Anyway. um, No, he's more craft work, mate. Craft work. Yeah, because of his German connection. But he's Danish, though, so he could be... uh... He could be quite peculiar. Oh my God! Is that the cleaners? Tell your cleaners to shut up. I know. Me. I'm, I'm trying. I'm absolutely trying. Okay. Tell me you're doing anyway. a live show for. Anyway, Jonathan, <laughs> uh, Sandy Guthrie, who I believe is a mate of yours. Well, Sandy Guthrie, I was at school with, and uh, uh, and of course he's a wonderful, great Chelsea fan. But he talks in this. There's a character he keeps mentioning called his mate Dave, who clearly was at school with us as well, and I have no idea who it is. So perhaps Sandy. You could actually write in at some stage and say who Dave is, because I'm confused. I didn't realise there was such a um, an equally uh, um, dedicated Chelsea fan. He's a bit. He's a bit. He was a couple of years lower than me, Sandy. But um, I take my hat off. Anyway, this is a, a great email, everybody. Um, hi, fancasters. 
I, would, I thought I would drop you a few random thoughts that you could save for a week when you don't have that many emails, should that happen. You can, of course, use some or none, but these are some things that have come to mind listening to the show. Sandy, we're using it all. I'm reading the whole thing now. In the most recent show, the question of competing on four fronts came up. The League Cup, or whatever it is this year, is always the one that couldn't matter less. Although any team that does well suddenly becomes interested. The squad can take care of that. By the time the FA Cup comes round, we'll have found out how we're doing in Europe, so a decision can be made then. If a European run seems likely, then the FA Cup is less of a priority. In the unlikely event of a crash-and-burn scenario in Europe, we can concentrate on the home trophies. There was a lot of talk about how Pedro blossomed last season, but it takes most players quite a while to acclimatise to English football, so I wasn't surprised. How soon Morata can find his feet will be interesting. As is often pointed out, there is no time to experiment or test the water in the Premier League, indeed. Apart from goals and all-round solidity, Alonso provides a really useful outlet for Courtois. His height helps win the ball out wide, whereas Moses has to be in the clear to receive useful ball. Zappa Costa. Costa with added zap could be the same. YouTube footage of Zappa Costa is promising, and if his pinpoint crosses can find Morata's head regularly, we should be in for some fun. David Luiz, in his first spell, used to pop up with some goals. This time, apart from a moment of genius against Liverpool and popping up as a striker against Burnley, he hasn't contributed many. Is that a sign of his increasing maturity and fulfilling a different, more disciplined role? Costa, good riddance to a player with the intellect and instincts of an immature 12-year-old. On a clip of training on the Chelsea website, he drove a groundsman's buggy out to the field. While he no doubt thought this hilarious, there was a slight feeling of exasperation hanging in the air when he did it. One of Thibaut's great strengths, and one that Czech had too, is his concentration. He must be so hard when nothing happens for long periods, then you have to shine suddenly. Why do some of you persist in pronouncing Fabregas's first name as Chesk? He's not Italian. There is no ch sound in Spanish, as far as I'm aware. It's short for Francesc, so I'm pretty sure it should be pronounced Sesk. I've been following Chelsea since about 1965, when reading the match reports include names uh, such as Venables and Graham. My support solidified with the 1967 Cup final, but as I was born in Parsons Green, it was probably inevitable. My first game at the bridge was 1971, I think, against Man United. I'm still upset that Alan Gowling was credited with a goal. He galloped a long way down the wing and fired at Bonetti, who palmed it down. It spun back towards the line and Bonetti scooped it away. The officials said it had crossed the line. But I was at the northwest corner looking along the goal line. It didn't cross it. And that sort of thing smarts when you're 14 or 61, come to think of it. My favourite player, Charlie Cook. And now you know the answer to my security question on some websites. It's to do with my Scottish heritage. But with Osgood, Pat, Zola, Hullet, DDA, Fat Frank and others to choose from, it gets harder. My decision as a teenager sticks, though. A great early experience was Osgood's volley against Arsenal in the Cup when David Coleman said something like, sometimes you don't blame goalkeepers, you just congratulate the scorer. It was in front of us in the shed. It was on the afternoon of a school play and my mate Dave and I recreated it for hours that evening with a plastic cup in the common room at school. 
Jonathan might remember that that room. Yes, I do. Another time I went to the bridge alone. I don't think I told my parents that. and was standing in the shed. Ian Hutchinson had been injured for a while and was the sub that day. There was only one in those days, younger listeners. Everyone was waiting excitedly to see him play again. And I looked over at one point and he stood up. I was electrified and shouted, look! Heads turned one by one across the shed towards the sub's bench in a domino ripple effect that accelerated into the corner. Then Hutch sat down again. I have two examples of following the Blues from afar. In the 70s on a school skiing trip, Chelsea were playing QPR in the Cup. My mate Dave, you see, who is this guy? Some others and I were desperate to get the result, hoping to pick up Radio Luxembourg or something. Eventually, someone said they thought they'd heard that we'd won, and that was good enough for us. We celebrated happily. But when we got back to the UK, we found out that in true likely lads fashion, the game had been postponed. On another skiing holiday in the 1980s, we had a cup game against Liverpool. I decided the way to find out was to get Dave, there he is again, to leave a message with the score on my answering machine at home. I would call from Italy and in a short call, retrieve it. The day after the match, I called and got a voice saying, this is a wrong number, but I just wanted to say I enjoyed your answer phone message and nothing else. The next day I called again, heard the same. This is a wrong number, but I just wanted to say that I enjoyed your answer phone message. message. And then, sorry, I forgot to leave the score yesterday. Dave then left me a comprehensive report on the match. Kerry Dixon got injured that lasted about 10 minutes. The whole exercise cost me about £50 in calls. It's boring, but my favourite game of all time was the legendary Bruges match. I lost my voice and my friend, who was not even a football fan, had to get the bus tickets on the way home. Another game I particularly remember, there was a League Cup game, I think against Spurs. We were completely dominant. A young Lasso was running rings around everyone and we did absolutely everything but score. Spurs were so poor, they kept passing into touch. It was nil-nil, but we won the replay. I also remember that first game because I drove home to Sussex listening to what was the start of the first Gulf War. A strange evening. Jonathan may remember that I played rugby after I left school, so my visits to Chelsea were limited to injuries and other odd occasions. However, when I retired from playing, Dave and I decided to do quite a few away games. This was the wonderful year when we stormed out of the second division, 1988-89. We were able to visit Main Road, the Hawthorns, Ewood Park, etc. And I was always struck by the camaraderie of the away support. Once on a visit to Hillsborough, Dave and I were driven up by a couple of work colleagues of Dave's. On the way out of the car park, the two blokes I didn't know in the front lit up a joint. We were stuck in the queue to get out. A large, relatively young police sergeant approached the car and signalled for the window to be lowered. I started planning how a drug bust would look on my CV. The sergeant leant into the car, took a deep breath and said, Why is your tax disc on the wrong side? Move it over, will you? And left. <laughs> How many listeners have played at Stamford Bridge? I have. Harmonica. It's a long story, but we put an exceedingly ropey blues band together to play at a dinner held upstairs at Stamford Bridge after a trade show. It was not my or any of our finest hours musically. Chopper and Kerry were there, but I think or hope they left by then. Is the podcast too long? Of course, but as I have a long commute, I wouldn't have it any other way. Anyway, just some thoughts. Best wishes, Sandy. As a PS to my very long email, you should ask Jonathan to tell the story of how he auditioned for that 
Ian McShane football film in the late 70s. It was called Yesterday's Hero, by the way, Sandy, and came up against Frank McClintock. In fact, Frank McClintock was doing the casting with the casting director. It's strange. I can't remember, remember what date it is today, but I remember a funny story told to me 30 years ago. Yeah, I told him that um, I'd gone up for... Uh, they had several uh, footballers who were actors in it, and I'd gone up and auditioned, and uh, I'd been playing right back, and the ball never got anywhere near me, so I couldn't... Uh, Frank McClintock was wandering around looking at players, looking at us, to see whether we were any good as actors, as footballers. And I thought, God, I'm touching the ball. So I wandered, in, in, I wandered into the midfield and kicked somebody up in the air by mistake. I just mistimed it. <laughs> and McClintock said, oh, no, I'm not having any of that. No, you're not. not no, that's not having. No, that's it. That's not. I'm not going to have you in this. You're going to kick people. And I made the foolish remark. I said, I said, it never stopped you in your career, Frank. I mean, <laughs> and um, and I, was, uh, I was sent off. I was expelled. <laughs> I, that was the end of my possibility. And what was really annoying was that my father, Sam Kidd, played Ian McShane's dad in that film. So it would have been really great to have, uh, to have got into that. And in fact, one of the actors who got in was a friend of mine. And all he did, he played midfield, midfield. And all he did was run around near McClintock and the casting director saying, um, to me, to me, yeah, push it, push it, back door, back door, switch it, switch it, yeah, now, up. He didn't actually touch the ball at all. He got in <laughs> because of that, of following McClintock around and saying that. Very clever. Well, anyway, yeah. that's, the, that's the story, Sandy. Well, well, thank you for reminding me because I've forgotten all about it. Um, <laughs> anyway, this is from Taylor Anderson. Um, Hello, boys and girls of the fan cast. I've been listening to the podcast off and on for years now as a Chelsea fan in the States. It was always nice to have a couple of hours each week dedicated to hearing the views and opinions of fellow supporters, as that can be lacking in the US if you don't live in a major city here. While the Chelsea and America groups have chapters all over, it can be difficult for those of us outside a major city to meet up for matches due to the sheer size of this country and the time and extra funds it can take to get to the pub weekly. While I'd been supporting the club casually since 2004, my fandom um, didn't, wasn't in earnest until watching the Champions League final in Moscow, that heartbreaking loss that sealed my love for the club in an odd way. The fan cast made me feel as if I was part of the club, despite being based on another continent. I was lucky enough to get to a couple of matches at the bridge while studying for a master's degree in Swansea during the 2012-13 season. My first match was a poor draw versus Fulham in November of 2012. And then I was at the bridge right behind the goal in the first row of the shed when Super Frank scored 200. What a match. What a day. One of my other favourite moments of my year in the UK was taking a trip to London and meeting up with a few of the old fan cast crew, Cheltel and a couple of others that I've since sadly forgotten, to watch an FA Cup me, match. Me too, on... me too, Jonathan. <laughs> to watch an FA Cup match on my birthday. 2-0 win versus Borough. Ake got his first start for the club that match. I wish I could have met up with more of the fan cast crowd before a match or checked out a recording of the pod, but it just never worked out. Anyway, ramblings aside, just wanted to say cheers for the memories and for helping us foreign-based supporters feel connected to the club we love. Keep up, keep up the good work and keep the blue flag flying high. Up the Chelsea, Taylor Anderson. 
Well done, Taylor. Terrific. We, we love you guys out there in America and all around the world. Brilliant. Uh, anyway, email four. Phil Monday. Dear Chidge and the Fancast team, I can't quite believe that the Premier League started 25 years ago, but 25 years it is. And I've been looking back at Chelsea's season in that first year. Did we really get that excited about the arrival of Robert Fleck? Ugh, how times have changed. Early September back in 1992 saw two of the saddest incidents in all my Chelsea supporting years. The first was the horrific stamp on Paul Elliott by the odious Dean Saunders at Anfield. I was there, Phil. I shall never forgive or forget Saunders for his behaviour when he next played at Stamford Bridge. I was there too. I absolutely agree. He was absolutely right. He came out to a predictable chorus of booing and responded by running towards the West Stand benches with his hand cupped to his ear. That familiar smarmy grin spread all over his stupid little face. By then, it was obvious that Paul Elliott's career was over. So treating the situation so flippantly made my blood boil and does to this day. I have to tell you, Phil, every time he's on the screen, I shout at him for exactly for those two, for those reasons. You and I sharing that. Absolutely. Uh, There is a time for banter. And this wasn't it. Whenever he turns up doing punditry with all the other failed managers and clothes horses, I still get the urge to kick in my television set like that bloke watching the Bill Grundy Sex Pistols interview did all those years ago. After the game, Saunders whined to the press he'd been refused access to the players' lounge, saying... Chelsea, it's like that, isn't he? Chelsea never has been a club, though, has it? A dignified silence might have been a little classier. Then again, Saunders has never been a man, has he? Ooh, bloody hell, getting a bit strong here. The next week saw the public humiliation of goalkeeper Dave Besant, and I was there too, who followed up a horrific error in the last minute at Anfield with two more absolute howlers at home to Norwich. It was awful to watch. And I genuinely thought he was having a nervous breakdown in front of us as a two-goal goal first-half lead was thrown away. He lost his place in the team afterwards. I think Hitchcock replaced him. But unlike Saunders, did maintain a dignified silence, returning with distinction later in the season after Ian Porterfield, who effectively sacked him publicly at the press conference after the game, had himself lost his job. So Saunders is high up on my list of those who've committed crimes against Chelsea, but I'd love to hear if the panel or people in Mixler can suggest anyone more villainous. Maybe that ref in 2009 against Barcelona. Also, can anyone think of a more catastrophic individual performance by a Chelsea player than poor Dave Besant on that afternoon against Norwich? Loving the show as always. Keep up the great work, Phil. Poor, blimey, Phil. You brought back memories there. Goodness me! Absolutely, I was standing. I was standing in the cop end when uh, when he Saunders uh, stamped on Elliot, and I looked at the time, thought he's just stamped on him, but somehow they it, it got it was never proven, was it? Because Paul Elliot also took it to court. So uh, I don't know what uh, whether there was any football foot um, television footage of it at the time. I can't remember. Um, but he seemed to jump up in the end, full jump down on his leg, for goodness sake. But, you know, allegedly, one needs to say in these instances. Um, no, uh, not with uh, that. Uh, no, There's no okay. alleged about that at There's all. There's no alleged about it. No, indeed, indeed. We just Bank to bloody so, rights was... Uh, absolutely, absolutely, it was, it was. I don't understand what the court case then didn't... Uh, I think that... I don't think um, Bates uh, was held with great esteem by the judge, was he, at the court case, if I remember right? Oh, well, probably Alleg- not. Allegedly not. But anyway, <laughs> but then also I was I was present for the Besant. The poor man was completely, was booed to buggery by the crowd, which was so unfair on him. But um, 
Uh, God, there are two two great incidents. I'm trying to think of else. Indiv- individual performances by a Chelsea player and, um, uh, that were so dreadful, uh, like Dave Besant. Um, uh, some poor substitute coming over, some poor boy and being absolutely appalling. Um, I can't remember his name. God. And kicking the ball, and uh, any any performance by Chris Sutton, I think, pretty embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan, 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 that would that would do it for certain. On the other one, the most loathed players, it's really interesting because I, I I myself was uh, the, immediately Stephen Hunt sprang to mind, and I'm delighted yeah, that uh, that uh, Mark Barfoot and. Uh, I'm you're, I'm repeating in my head, Jonathan, for some reason. Uh, yeah, Mark Barfoot. Says Stephen Hunt, shut up, a man says Stephen Hunt. There's a lot of people saying Stephen Hunt. Uh, oh, I thought he was supposed to be named. a Chelsea player. I was thinking another player. Yes, yeah, no, 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 no. For the most loathsome, yeah. the most villainous. Yeah, yeah, definitely Stephen Hunt. Appalling, appalling, appalling. Ta- um, following through deliberately to hit to check in the head. Appalling. Um, I wonder if Ollie has any thoughts. I'm just really checking and see if Ollie's still alive. I am really. still alive. I am still alive. I was just listening. The, the emails are just absolutely brilliant tonight. I love that one. Aren't they? Um, I, yeah, absolutely fantastic. I can't think of any off the top of my head that's quite as low as Stephen Hunt, I've got to say. Um, there, there are a few. I mean, I, I guess Chelsea players, I don't think a lot of fans will be sorry to see Diego Costa not be around already to give him a bit of stick for 90 minutes. That's usually the way it goes. So they'll be picking their next Chelsea player, I can imagine, now for the rest of the season on who they're going to loathe as much as they have Diego for the uh, the last three seasons or so. Mm. Uh, it, it, I mean, you know, we could do a whole show on that, I reckon. Maybe we should one day. I've got to say, Jonathan... Uh, what a bunch of superb emails tonight! Yeah, and I mean, fantastic. Poor old Ollie's probably poor old Ollie's probably thinking, God, you know, all of our listeners are old farts and they're like me and Jonathan. <laughs> but it, it's actually really lovely to hear hear some of those memories so so articulately put. I think it's Absolutely a real. Brilliant, yeah. I feel quite privileged actually, Jonathan. What what say you, old Bean? Oh, wonderful, wonderful, and. Uh... Mm. And one from America, but I'd like to find out who Sandy's mate Dave is because clearly he was at school yeah. with me, and I don't know. And he said, and others. I never knew there was a there was a, a, a Chelsea fan club at um, at my school. And well, I thought, we well, you know, Martin, Martin, Doctor Mart was it? No, your I know school? he was. Yeah, you know, I gave him a, I gave him yeah. a, um, uh, uh, well, I forced him to stay in after school and do some lines. I got him when I was. At was he was he your fag, Jonathan? No, we didn't. It wasn't that type of school, Chidge. I'd, lo- I'd love yeah, to say you're yes, lying. yes. I know you are. Yes, yes. He had his. He ran round with his, only in his underpants for weeks on end, but never no, nothing like that. He still does that now. To be fair, oh, um, right. Uh, much as I love you all, we really need to wrap this up. Um, uh, first of all, I'd just like to say thank you so much to everybody who's written in this week, and uh, and that's exactly why we love receiving them, particularly when they take us for a trip down memory lane. Jonathan loves that, I know. Um, and as you also know, it doesn't matter how long they are, they try not to write them too long, uh, but uh, we will always read them out uh, on the show. So send them to chelseafancast at gmail.com before Monday, please. Uh, I mean, I had to write the script today, which was a bit of a rush. So uh, Sunday's much better if I'm sober enough. Right, um, that, I'm afraid, is all we've got time for this week. Uh, don't forget, of course, to download the Kerry Dixon Show on Thursday. There's a chance that it might have to be Friday morning this week because I am so busy all week. But with a bit of luck, I can get it out on Thursday. We'll see. Uh, anyway, Kerry uh, and I will, of course, be previewing the match against Arsenal this Sunday as well as having a look back at uh, the Carabag match. I know Kerry's going to be there. 
Um, he, he did say to me that he would be, so that's good. Um, now, we'll be back next Monday at 7 o'clock, of course. We will be live, Jonathan. Live. Live. Exactly. And I will, in fact, be joined by uh, Jonathan Kidd. Oh, there are, by the way, I know that there have been a few rumours going on on the dark media saying that with the announcement that uh, John Motson is retiring, that uh, Jonathan Kidd is up for uh, up for replacing him. Is, is this true, Jonathan? Um, well, actually, Chich, yes. Um, no, um, I'd be uh, I'd love to do that, but I'm I'm not actually a commentator. No. Uh, uh, no, there's no answer there's, to that, really, is there? No, there's an area that oh. I haven't. I, I have, I have aspirations and abilities, but I've yet to uh, to be doing any, so I won't be being called. Well, the BBC's loss is our gain, and uh, <laughs> I will be joined by Jonathan, of course, again next Monday. But the bestest news of all, even more bestest news than the fact that Jonathan's on the show as he always is. <laughs> is that we will have Tony Glover and Alex, the girl who likes Balls Churchill, on the show together. The return of the smut buddies, no less. <laughs> dig it, people. Dig it. Right. Now, don't forget to uh, follow the show on Twitter at Chelsea Fancast, me at Stanford Chidge, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, uh, Dan, who I'm afraid had to leave us uh, to look after his wife, which is a very uh, great shame, but hopefully they are both well. Uh, but you can follow Dan at DanSilves73. And, of course, the lovely Ollie Harbord, who's been with us all evening. He is at OJ Harbord, H-A-R-B-O-R-D. And, of course, uh, he writes, or most of his blogs are for uh, the Chelsea version of Football London. And you can find them on Twitter at Chelsea underscore FL. And uh, if you have a bit of time, check out one or two of my blogs that I put up there. <laughs> By the way, Ollie, I've got no idea what I'm going to write about this week. I need to have a think about that. And I'm it's busy as hell. Inspiration. But that, Maybe from tonight, some inspiration will hit you. Yes. I think I might give the whole uh, <clears throat> Maratta song a bit of a swerve because I think. <coughs> excuse me. I might give the Maratta thing a bit of a swerve because it's been done to death. So I'll have to think of something else. But I will. Yeah. Well, hopefully, it might be Friday, issue, you get it. hopefully the issue might die down by the end of the week as well and we can talk about mm. a, a great Carabag win uh, win over Carabag that should be not a Carabag win don't want to be talking about that well, indeed, uh, win over Carabag indeed. instead yeah well let's hope so eh? uh, right mm. anyway apart from all that um, check out the uh, ChelseaFanCast.com uh, we've had the lovely uh, Blue Up North writing blogs for us this week um, we welcome contributions from everybody so all, the, all of you people who put pen to paper with these lovely emails all week you know, try your hand at a blog. I'll put it up. Don't you worry about that. Uh, many thanks to the Chelsea Fancast bloggers who do. Keep them coming, as I said. Um, and just before we uh, wrap up and I say cheerio and thank you to the chaps, uh, I just want to send a message of love and support out to Woody and his boy. He knows why. I'm thinking of you, mate. Uh, stay strong. All right. Now, uh, Jonathan, as always, it's been an absolute delight and a pleasure. Thank you. As always, it's lovely to be on the show, Chidge. Excellent. And uh, with the excellent Ollie, who's been uh, by far the sanest member of the group. Uh, <laughs> well, indeed. <laughs> to be fair, it's a pretty low bar. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, well done. But Ollie, Ollie fantastic, as always. thank you yeah. very much. I- I echo that. Ollie, always a pleasure having you on the show, mate. You're welcome at any time. New schedule will be coming out very shortly. Uh, and uh, hopefully I get to see you. I mean, I, I, I know there was an invite up to have a few beers with you lot at some stage. Hopefully we can get that together sometime soon. But in the meantime, lovely to have you on the show, mate. Thank you. No, it's great. Thanks for having me on. Uh, really enjoy it every time. And uh, great to speak to you guys. And hopefully uh, not too long and I'll be on it again. Looking forward to it. Yeah. 
We'll send that schedule out. You just have to say when you're available. Absolutely. Right, we got to go. Uh, finally, of course, finally, 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 thank you to all of the people, particularly the the, 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 the ones who are still in Mixler listening to us rabbit on. You, you've got great stamina, that's all I can say. Uh, but great to see you all in there and hopefully see you, if not tomorrow, sometime soon in and around the bridge. Right, we got to go. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it chills. Up the chills! It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.